Look around you. That car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change and withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. We're going to tell you why it's okay to like Zack Snyder and Jeff Johns. We're going to talk about the alternate Joker ending that I wish that we'd gotten. Mm -hmm. And the Batman is shooting. And oh my God, we've seen some set picks. Oh, all that and so much more right after this ad that we have absolutely no control over. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change and withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 577. This is the podcast that discusses and supports the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, gives honest opinions about projects upcoming and past, and believes that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. Hello! Hi! I'm David C. Robertson, this is Jason Goss. Previously announced. Mm-hmm. Actually, we didn't announce it this time. Mm-hmm. I... I, I we worked it a little bit, and yeah, and we didn't do that. Took a liar out of me this early. Uh, okay. I know it's 2020, man. I should have been paying better attention. You're right. You didn't say it. Gotta That's throw it on, on the fire. It's on me. We gotta throw it. Guy, throw you on the fire, man. It's, it's New Year resolutions and shit. It's cold down gotta, here. Gotta <laughs> stoke the fire somehow. <laughs> oh man, the holiday season is over officially. I think. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's back. This was, for a lot of people, the first Monday of being back at work mm-hmm. with a full week planned. And, uh, oh, man, <laughs> that'll that'll make some long fucking faces at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, we're, we're in the U.S. here. So we had Christmas. We had New Year's. Uh, you know, I, other cultures had their pancha uh, ganapedi and their Hanukkah. Yeah, uh, good job on the... On the uh, Oh, I, I can't even do it outside yeah. of maybe saying it. yeah. it's a hard thing to do. Hard thing for my yeah. voice to do. I have no training. Yeah. In, you know, back. Yeah. Up. There were some people had their life day, you know, <laughs> the people, people down with a certain far away galaxy from a long time ago. Yeah. It's still tradition <laughs> in certain places. <laughs> how'd your, how'd your holiday season go, one, man? By the way. I know. Yeah, I hear, I, I see that you listened to the same imaginary worlds I did. <laughs> I did. It was a good one. Because God knows I'm not going to remember that Star Wars horse shit. Oh, I remembered it from the episode. I just didn't remember it from anything. I've never seen the holiday special, so I didn't know. Yeah. I I've, I saw the Boba Fett. I've seen the Boba Fett <laughs> segment on That's YouTube. It. That's it, man. I, I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah. Do you have a good holiday season, man? Yeah, it came and went. Came and went. Mm-hmm. God, that's... 
It was good. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> it was also like it was midweek though for me, so a lot of it was like go to work, go to work, go to work. We'll, mm. we'll see in a few hours. Oh my god, a holiday happened. Now I'm back at work. Yeah. And we're pretty laid back work days for the most part, but it was still like like twice we had uh, we'd have. I, I cannot count the amount of times that I either did or heard someone else mistake Thursday for Monday. Mm-hmm. That happens. It really messed with our brains. We had, a, and I, that doesn't even include the amount of times I saw somebody start to say something, pause, think to themselves, take another breath, and then say Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it messed with everybody's clocks. Yeah. I, you know, I we had a lot going on. I, I have a pretty big family, especially now that I'm married. So like on Christmas Day, we got up, we went to my mother-in-law's house to have breakfast with, with her and my sister-in-law. We exchanged gifts there. Then it, it's, it's just a whirlwind, man. Then we drove 106 miles to Montgomery. And I always remember that because it's 106 miles from the Palace Hotel Ballroom to Chicago and the Blues Brothers. Good Lord. Okay. Yep. Uh, and you can do it on a half tank of gas. <laughs> you know, what is not wrong? <laughs> I believe uh, that you tested that one day. Just... Oh, every every week. Just to uh, say. <laughs> we we ate with my grandmother and aunt and parents down there. We exchanged some gifts. Then we went to my parents' house for dinner and gifts. Then on the 27th, we went out of town with my wife's grandmother, her father, and aunts to a cabin in Knoxville, Tennessee for a week. We exchanged gifts with them. My wife and I went to a bunch of thrift shops. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was stressful, mm-hmm. but also, you know, a total embarrassment of riches, mm. uh, embarrassment of blessings. I'll say, I'll say that because you don't, you know, if you're like looking at your bank account while you're at a thrift store, that's not really a, an embarrassment <laughs> of riches necessarily. Yeah. That's, but, uh, I, I got a lot of cool stuff and, uh, <laughs> verily my genitals were adorned with precious jewels and my belly was lined with fine Corinthian Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Those last two things aren't true. Yeah. Um, actually, the fine Corinthian turkey. I've been binge watching Ed. So that's if you'll recall, yeah, uh, nothing wrong Michael with Ian. If you'll recall, Michael Ian Black's character had a uh, had, had a scheme for Thanksgiving where he just bought a bunch of turkeys from the supermarket and relabeled them fine Corinthian turkeys. <laughs> and was trying to sell them for some ungodly amount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> fine corinthian turkeys ah, it, was a, it was a subtle and underrated show that one how much three hundred dollars <laughs> yeah it was good it was good all right so uh we don't have a huge huge show tonight uh a lot of cool stuff to talk about but it's not like one of those like ball busters or anything uh, some quick points. First, uh, first off, uh, I want to thank every patron who deigns to shower us with uh, support. Patreon.com slash DC on screen if you want to help us out. A dollar a month gets you every episode ad free. Five gets you that plus Patreon exclusives like warmups, Marvel reviews, Jason's pull list, and of course, Chasing Squirrels. And uh, <laughs> mentioning Chasing Squirrels, um, Squirrel Chasers is the name of our listeners chose for themselves. Uh, so <laughs> that's what you're called now. I, I don't know. I don't know how to help you. If you want to object, write in. We'll yeah, we'll reassess. Send it into the appeals committee. Absolutely, yeah. and we do reserve the right to change it if we come up with something funnier. Right. Yeah. But uh, all right, squirrel chasers. Uh, here's a thing. Just so you know, <laughs> just trying it on for size. All right. <laughs> we only got to 91 reviews on Apple Podcasts, uh, falling nine short of our hopeful goal. I guess we should have bribed you, but it's okay. You can still go and do no, that, that if you want. Showing. I appreciate it. It was. Uh, I'll provide a link if you want to go and, I don't know, we can set a new goal by the end of January. 
How pathetic are Feels we? Feels a little more empty than the end of the year, but uh, you know, but I, I get the sentiment. <laughs> it is. It's empty. Oh man. So uh, I I I am going to go on a rant mm. because um, right. while while I was in Tennessee this week, I I quite enjoyed playing on my iPad and uh, learning to draw and procreate. Uh, but I also had a lot of time to glance at Twitter and, uh, all this week I've been seeing this resurgence of a really annoying trend on, on there. And I'd love to address it. Uh, many Snyder cut supporters who I tend to sympathize with in some regards, namely wanting Zack Snyder's justice league to be released have decided that for some reason it would be a productive use of their time and energy to quote, pass it on that Jeff Johns destroyed the DCEU. First of all, he didn't. Aquaman topped a billion bucks. Birds of Prey is trending like crazy and releases in February. We have a whole slate of DCEU coming. Uh, and it won't be what Snyder ha- had planned out. But part of building a franchise like that is collabor- uh, collaboration. Well, I almost said collaboration. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but, but no movie gets made without it. No franchise gets made without collaboration. You've got people from high up. You've got executive producers. You've got writers. All these sorts of people who are coming in and saying yay or nay. And, and people are compromising. But many of these Snyder Cut people believe uh, that a Snyder-less DCEU is not the DCEU. It is the MCU. And that's bullshit. I would argue that DCEU is whatever Warner Brothers says because they own the rights. It is their sandbox. Zack Snyder got to play in it for a time. Too short a time, in my opinion, but hopefully that will be rectified to some degree. To be fair to Jeff Johns, had it not been for him, the non-Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman characters of Justice League would not even be popular enough among the comic book fandom to warrant a movie. This dude completely revitalized the Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, the Titans, the list goes on. And I know he got to start with Donner. Same as Kevin Feige. Listeners of this show know that I am hard-lined in the camp that feels the time of resting on the Richard Donner Superman laurels has long since passed. Uh, Dick Donner did not invent Superman. He reinvented him. The fans and creators need to allow someone else to reinvent him too. Demonizing Jeff Johns, and for that matter, uh, Kevin Feige. Uh, for exercising their own creative visions, or in the case of John's, trying to, while uh, also getting directives from uh, on high, is pretty hypocritical. And I want you to consider something. What if the roles were, were reversed? Or, um, not reversed, let's, let's suppose that the conspiracy theories are true. That uh, Jeff Johns leaked shit to the press, paid off critics, etc. Uh, to get Zack Snyder kicked off of the movies. I hope that didn't happen. But let's suppose that is true for for the sake of this argument. Let's say Zack Snyder was not in charge. It was Jeff Johns uh, charting what many of you consider to be his goofy, hopeful, marvelized course. And also let's suppose in this scenario, you you are in the position Jeff Johns found himself in. You, by all reports, vehemently and openly disagree with what you feel are reckless, uh, creative choices being made. Because of your years of dealing with fans, you have a good idea of what the fans want, what they will like, what they'll hate, and your opinions are being completely ignored. Would you betray the person in charge? This is, an, this is a franchise that you adore. These are characters that you love. In your opinion, you are saving it by betraying this, this person. Would you do it? In and this even case, if you're, is it necessarily the person involved? And in, is who's in charge in this case? Snyder? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure we weren't talking about like WB execs. Right. Right. So I think even if your answer is no, you should consider this. 
How can you claim to support a man, that being Zack Snyder, who ardently supports the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, a man who actively reminds you that the holidays can be a tough time of year for many and implores you to be kind to one another, but then turn around at any point, but especially on the holidays, over the holiday season, and encourage everyone you can to be hateful and badger a comic book writer. The man disagreed with a director you like. He didn't murder your parents. He is a person like Zack. He had a creative vision for these characters like Zack. He has suffered terrible loss like Zack. And if you don't believe me or don't know what I'm talking about, go look up who Stargirl is based on, for God's mm-hmm. sake. No, these are both men who know loss, real loss. Uh, and he was ultimately, and in my opinion, prematurely ejected from the DCEU like Zack. Grow the hell up. And I'm not going to keep unfollowing or blocking any of these. I mean, I will, but first I'm going to report your hateful ass. I don't want to see any more of this shit. I'm sick of this. This is straight up hate, hate speech. This is, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited and happy that you went and bought a, a t-shirt and threw your 33, 35, whatever it is, dollars at suicide prevention. But if you turn around and do this, man, you're a sack of shit. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not, how do I put it? Um, I don't think you can care about one part of this and not care about the other. And I don't think you can blame one part of this and blame the other. I genuinely Uh, think that Snyder was doing what he felt was right creatively. mm -hmm. And I genuinely, based on decades of reading his stuff, not my decades, decades of him making it and me catching up and reading it, Mm -hmm. that Jeff Johns has, for all of the accounts that I can, that I've come across, has acted in the best interest of his characters and his creative process. Mm Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, these are both men that have suffered suffered some serious loss. And I think they're both people that uh, deeply love the material involved. They have way more in common than they don't, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And the part that cracks me up is, um, you know, Jeff Johns, I, 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 like, I know he has some presence. And it when you hear some of the borderline conspiratorial theories about how Jeff Johns did this and that it's, it's largely speculative. Like I've never seen any evidence really that pointed me toward, Oh no, he definitely screwed so-and-so over this or that away. Yeah. I I haven't seen it either. And it's I know kind of circumstantial um, at best, you know, to me, the, the most damning evidence against Jeff Johns uh-huh. is that, um, the, the girl who started the, uh, or the woman uh, who started, uh, all the, the release the Snyder cut stuff with who became friends with Zach mm-hmm. Fiona, uh, seen the name around. She, she seems, she has said some pretty, uh, damning things about Jeff Johns. And I, but I don't know if that is firsthand opinion from Zach coming through to her, or if that's just her own opinion. But even so the, even if the dude completely betrayed Zach Snyder in some regard, no, I know he's semi publicly, I don't know how publicly. I'd have to look it up. I, I know there is some relatively well-accepted kerfuffle about how uh, Superman killing in the first movie, like John's all but pleaded, don't do it. It's not a good call. Oh, yeah, no. Is that, I mean, yeah, no. It's just not, it's, that's not really contested. I, Jeff Johns has openly disagreed with, with Zack Snyder about yeah, I thought it was the direction in a few years, things. but I thought it was pretty yeah. well accepted. Yeah. Um, that's canon, right? <laughs> yeah. I believe it is, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, like... They they have disagreements, no doubt, but I don't think they were necessary. They weren't coming, f- like for those two to be juxtaposed as villains makes as much sense for me as it does the MCU and the DCEU to be juxtaposed as villains. They are not. They don't. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work that way, as you often put it. It's still sharpening steel. Um, yeah. 
Now, whether their creative process was great is one thing. To me, the fact that we're talking about two people who have contributed a lot to the franchise, uh, either the DCU or DC Comics, whichever, pick one. Um, and in, in, I mean, in Jeff Johns' case, pick both if you want to. Either are valid. That and TV. He's, 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 he was, he still is. Well, no, I'm sorry. That was just recently. He was not technically the DC Comics creative officer anymore. Mm-hmm. He moved into his own little kind of production franchise where he still has a lot of access to all these properties. Um, but it's all of this and it's it's weird. It's weird to me that it's so distracting that these are our villains that we're not blaming the suits. The suits fucked us, guys. Yeah. I think a lot of people listen to us kind of agree because mostly when we say that we've we've gotten a lot of that feedback is like, oh yeah, Suji Hard is a son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. no, Suji Hard was a son of a bitch. That, I, yeah. You know, I shouldn't even say that. I think I might like his mom more than I like him. And, you know, and then people turn around and say, like, well, we see what Jeff Johns did aside from Justice League. He did, you know, Green Lantern. Well, I'm, blaming Green Lantern on Jeff Johns is like blaming the theatrical cut of Justice League on Zack Snyder. No, and it's kind of a false note. Like, people, no one blames Greg Berlanti, who has, whether you like the CW or not, he's he's grown far beyond the CW. And a lot of the properties mm-hmm. that he's done that are pretty much all DC related. I mean, short of like two of the things he was doing, he is literally has the record now the the, the Hollywood all time record for most produ- most produced shows under his name at one time. Yeah. He is the biggest but- umbrella that has ever developed. Fuck Seth MacFarlane. He is the biggest, uh-huh. de- biggest thing that's ever happened as far as like things under his care at one time. And I, Say what you want about some of them for a lot of reasons, and I'm probably going to agree with you for a lot of them. But dude's given us a lot. His name is what? the first one on the Greg on the Green Lantern script, and no one yeah. get, no one wants to go back for that. But- I disagree. I disagree because oh. a lot of the Snyder Cut people, a lot of these, like they they do attack they they use that to attack CW because they don't like CW. Oh, because the, the Green thing- Lantern thing. Yeah, yeah. But you know they. <sighs> The thing about this, a lot of the Snyder Cut people, a lot of the Snyder Cut fans, uh, you know, again, of which I consider myself in uh, allegiance with in certain regards. I, I uh, know no one who listens to us would believe me at this point, but I want no. it too. I, yeah. <laughs> Just not. But the thing about a lot of the Zack Snyder fans, a lot, I say many, a lot, not all, because I know lots of them who, uh, you know, loves Jeff Johns for what he has done. No, it's, in, it's very much a spectrum comics. thing. Um, and a lot of the television stuff, but you, you uh, see you know, very reasonable people, and then there are some deeply unreasonable people. Uh, it's a spectrum thing. There is a there is a huge chunk of Zack Snyder people uh, who they're not DC Comics fans. They are Zack Snyder fans, and they don't they don't get the comics. They don't <laughs> they don't get any other iteration of these characters. They're just angry that it's not Zack Snyder. Yeah, I get it. Um, so, or everything's just too kidsy. Oh, look at how pansy this Superman looks as opposed to Henry Cavill. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. They've got like an eighth of the budget. Yeah. Yeah. No. If that, that's being kind. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, grow up. I get it. And My also God. there's a, there's a, there's a thing that happens in Hollywood that is a little bit real and also a little bit made up. And I never know where the line is, but there are people that do or do not have a compelling visual nature. Like mm-hmm. there are people that you see them the first time on a on a screen, TV, film, whatever, and think, oh, this you know this guy or girl is going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could watch Ryan Reynolds back in the Two and a Half Guys, not Two and a Half Guys, uh, Two Guys in a Pizza Place, no, yeah, Two Guys and a Girl. Yeah. yeah, got shortened from Two Guys, two guys a Girl and a Pizza girl, Place, yeah. Two Guys and a Girl. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. you could watch him back in those days, and you kind of knew like he's got something. Some people are compelling, and will eventually their presence alone will eventually end up demanding more money because mm-hmm. that is how this works. Once you mm-hmm. 
you create a draw. If you're booking a band, if you're booking a local band, you have the same problem. Do you have a draw? No. Okay. You're going to cut to the door at best. It, uh, do you have a draw? Okay, cool. We'll give you ticket sales plus blah, blah, blah. Whatever. You're you're going to do... I don't have a draw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a repellent. Yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> we have fan repellent. Um, I do. I do. <laughs> maybe evidence by this speech. I don't know. We'll see where everyone lies at the end of it. Oh, it doesn't matter what I say. I could say like the best thing ever. I could like, I could, somebody could hand me a John F. Kennedy speech, like the most iconic thing ever. And I would just, people would be like, "Mm, suddenly that doesn't sound so good. Yeah. I just don't trust anymore. Um, I get it. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter what I say. Everyone thinks I'm being a smart ass. Uh, I mean, you are though. Half the time. Yeah. And the other time I'm disguising it. Half. But (laughs) (laughs) genuinely, some people... Because of what they pull and because of the, the on-screen presence and charisma they have, they, they get to a point where they are able to demand more money. Mm-hmm. Well, here's one of those, guess what, realities. TV has less money than movies. I don't think that's always going to be the case. I really don't. I think the structure's changing and the and the format's changing and the dynamics are going to change eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like. I think at some point, you know, a movie on streaming is going to be just as capable of all the uh, critical applaud and awards as, as anything else. Or, yeah. uh, God forbid, an actual television show that's screaming gets anything other than like a SGA or WGA award. But I think we're going to get there. And I think that's all due for some change and will change. But for now, the traditional model is still mostly in place. And if you're on TV mm-hmm. and playing a character versus a guy who's playing it in the movies, well, guess what? Unless some a lot of people made a lot of choices that were either like kind of wrong and ill-advised or just missed the timing in a way that... The math should have said this person's going to be better and it just didn't work out. Every now and then you get a fluke, you know, somebody who just mm-hmm. just does better on TV than the film version, whatever. But for the most part, man, yeah, that's how it works. I mean, you, you're going to pay less for Tyler Hoechlin than you do Henry Cavill. Yeah. One of them has a bigger draw. Fact. And also, yeah, the, those suits are going to look the same. The cameras aren't going to look the same. They are not. Here, here's, here's More here's production a... value is put into one than the other. And that's just where it is for now. And I think it'll change. But that's where, that's where we are at the moment. It, it will eventually maybe change, but guess what? An episode of one of those CW shows costs $2 million an episode. Yeah. $2 million an episode. And is really only making know, about, by that metric, only making about a dollar and a half per dollar in ratings mm-hmm. returns. Now, that's minus some, a lot of streaming, so more. We'll go with $3 per, just being generous. But still, mm-hmm. it's nowhere near, and, say, like the Joker. <laughs> right. Even Justice League. God forbid. So they get $50 million a season to make 23 episodes. It's a big ask. There's a reason showrunners get run through the ground. Like it is a, it's a mm-hmm. hard game, man. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what if you factor in the, the cost of previous movies. You're still looking at probably 250 to 300 million that Zack Snyder got to make Justice League. Mm-hmm. I mean, or BBS or all of the marketing you and, and all of the previous scripts, which get included. So, you know, if we're going to be generous and give Zack Snyder his complete vision, which I would. No, uh, monetarily three hours, more three and a half hours, <laughs> three and a half hours uh, to, to make to look badass. I'm just saying it's unfair to put up a picture of Henry Cavill in the Superman suit uh, that's completely and totally, uh, you know, color corrected and looks beautiful because you snagged it from a Blu-ray disc and then put it up next to a set picture of Tyler Hecklin and talk about what a pansy he is. Yeah. I like, for instance, I, where I went to school, we had a, uh, we had a, a really, for what it was worth in high school, had a pretty well-funded theater program. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we had it. We had a decent budget, and I know what budget we had, and I know what obstacles we had because we lost due to some tenuring problems. We lost our theater teacher, and we had to keep that shit going single handed. Mm-hmm. Like we, the students kept that going. We we made it happen. So we knew what our problems were. We knew what our risks were. We knew how much we had. We could do the best job we could possibly imagine. It's only going to look at a certain level. If the same Midsummer Night's Dream is put on by UCLA, it's not going to look the same. Yeah. And that's not our fault. It's not your fault. I mean, some of it is because I was involved. But yeah, largely, they, they're they predisposed to a better product. We'll put it that way. I've been in production with you. There's a lot that, you're, that is your fault. <laughs> I'm perfectly aware. <laughs> I was there. Uh, well, YouTube videos. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Good old days. You brought that production up in quality, sir. Good old days. Hassling. Hassling you while you're trying to get something actually done. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I know this is supposed to be a quiet, pretty quiet scene, but uh, I, got this, uh, I got this plush unicorn I was thinking about bringing into it. Why, 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 Jason? I thought I'd add to the scene's, you know, juxtaposition, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. How long can I keep a street face and try to talk you into this? And my favorite thing was always your cinematography, because I'd be like, okay, now I need you to hold the camera on me. And then I'd look at the footage, and it was like you're shooting a light switch. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I, loved, <laughs> I loved doing that, do you? I'm like, well, why does he have like a close-up of the light switch? I'm nowhere near the light switch. Here was the problem. Occasionally, I would try to do that to you as a joke. Uh-huh. And then the problem would be that when I was trying to get the real shot, I would fuck that up. So then you just had nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> so there would be the shots where I was like, this is for me. <laughs> right. So you're you're doing you're doing shit to like make me f- <laughs> to like troll me, but yeah. like your actual shots are so bad that I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That that would happen, but, you know, sometimes I got it right, sometimes I didn't. But when I was trying to troll mm. the whole time, it just it didn't work out always. It amounted to an angry Dave. There are videos that have never been seen for a reason. Yep. That was me. And not always just you. (laughs) Some of it it was (laughs) my complete... uh, Some of it was utter abandonment. Well, because of my... uh, On some of these videos, some of those unseen videos, it was just me for the first time in my life, or one of the very rare instances of my life, being overambitious to a point of just like... Oh, I, what was I thinking? I can't pull that off. I cannot complete this. Perhaps one day. Yeah, that happens too. All right. Now, uh, going along with our uh, our Jeff Johns spiel, uh, Sherman Smith, and I swear this is just strange. I didn't. I had no idea this was going to happen. I just like happened to get a notification as I was doing. Yeah, it uh, like we were, were kind of to... already working on this rant and then this Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then like this kind of popped up as I was working on it and I was like, pfft. Why the hell not? Yeah. Uh, and Sherman Smith. Sherman our, I, sorry, I was, it was a busy day. I didn't get to respond. I was trying to at work, but it never happened. Sherman, Sherman Smith, uh, one of our stalwart listeners, uh, active on the on the Facebook page, uh, posts and says, does anyone have any theories about why writers like Jeff Johns have mediocre stories when it comes to live TV as compared to their comic and animation stories? I'm thinking it's because they have more control over their content uh, in these other mediums. And my opinion is, yeah, they do have more control over the other mediums in a lot of ways, um, including like the high concept, big scale way. Like you can do a lot more in a comic book or an animated movie than you can on television. Yeah. You cannot make Blackest Night yeah. going straight to television. Like The only and, way something like that happens is if you already have the 
graphic novel, you know, or TPB version of it. Mm-hmm. And as a template of no, this worked, and this is what it looks like. Yeah, I don't think you could describe that to a group of like a writer's room and it mm-hmm. make it out in 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 the same form in any capacity. And, and Jeff Johns is really good at like digging into the mythos. Like that dude's like a walking encyclopedia yeah, of DC. That's one of his material. It's one of his skill sets that I, I I think there just there aren't a lot of people who could have done what he did while he was doing it. He's very yeah. unique that way that he can pull together so many different threads. It's one of his gifts, you know? I, I, yeah. He's really good at it. And anything that's going to be on television or movies is going to have to be incredibly watered down for the general audience. It's going to have to be, like, broken up because you just can't do all of the things that comic books do. You can't get as intricate into the storylines. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, also, it has I, to I w- be more cohesive and linear than it does mm-hmm. in written form. And I, I will also say, though, the mediocrity of Jeff Johns or anyone else's television or film work is incredibly subjective. And uh, in the case of Johns, it is mostly hit rather than miss, in my opinion. I think so. Um, and there are definitely times when stuff falls flat for me, like dick in the air finales for Titans. Big miss, big honking <laughs> miss. Um <laughs> You have not been a fan of the Titans finales, no. And I also think that's true of the comics. Like there's there there are things that Jeff Johns has done that has missed for me. Batman Earth One is mostly a miss for me. I love his Alfred though. Yeah, like, that's good. That Alfred is worth bringing over. But I can name so, so many other people that have the same feel. Like Grant Morrison is mm-hmm. two thirds hit, one third miss to me. And when he misses for me, it it, it misses hard. Like yeah. I I just I can't finish it. Kind of miss. But when you are a creative person, like if you're doing this for your job, I mean, think of how much you accidentally screw up on your job. Oh, like, you know, some days you're not, you're not in it. The word still regularly comes to mind. Um, sometimes it's, it's hard to be a writer, man. I'm not a professional writer. I've, I've tried to be, I've tried to write every day. <laughs> it's hard. It really it's, is. It is hard. I am. And believe it or not, I am way better at writing than I am speaking. You are. Uh, I am like, I actually have cohesive thoughts. Like I don't write, um, and you know, yeah. all the time, uh, yeah. I can not get sidetracked, uh, but I'm, I'm just way better at writing, but writing is hard. Yeah. It is super hard. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. My thing is always like, anytime I write, it's either I can't get traction or the traction is so, <laughs> so good that I can't keep up and I lose stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was in a I was in a writing course in college, and we had to write a, a chapter of a story a week. And at the end of the class, we were supposed to put all the chapters together and submit the short story. And that was going to be a huge chunk of our final grade. And I was just like, you know what? I don't like any of this. And I rewrote it the, all of it the night before. It was supposed to be a twenty-three page thing. I turned in a sixty-five page story and got an A on it. Yeah. Having rewritten the entire thing, I am not a bad writer, but writing is hard. It is. So, <laughs> and the the uh, fits and spurts method that I'm talking about has to do with my brain. It doesn't matter if I'm writing something creatively that's really literally just for me. Mm-hmm. No one will ever see it. Or it, mm-hmm. if it's just, uh, I mean, I've, it's been a long time since I've had to write like a scientific paper of any kind. But I've, I haven't had to put out 10,000 APA reference citations or 10 pages or whatever. It's been a while since I've had to do uh, notation and all that shit. But even then, that's how it happened. I'd sit down, maybe get like a paragraph, Mm -hmm. and then 
something would click in my brain and I would sit down and most of it would be finished in, in no time. And then I'd have to go back one more time and look at it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this isn't refined and done. But when it happened, it happened. When it wasn't happening, it wasn't happening. Yeah. I do not have like the Neil Gaiman-esque, uh, just the work ethic of, no, I don't care where you are. You, gotta, you owe me 2,000 words a day. I don't care if you're in Tennessee, Wyoming, what you're doing, if it's at a disjointed diner in the middle of uh, Maine, I, I, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're gonna sit down and write two thousand words for the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> tall so, ask. You wanna you wanna talk about a little bit of news? We probably should. Uh, yeah, we should almost go back and tell people how long to skip if they just don't want to hear any of that. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, monthly Snyder-esque thing. Oh, that was more of a Jeff Johns thing. It was. It was. We'll get to Snyder was, later. It was intertwined. Oh, <laughs> It's not much. All right. right, So uh, we got a little Joker news. Kevin Smith uh, was on Fat Men Beyond and was talking about the alternate ending. He says uh, originally the ending in the hospital was different. He claims an an, an unsighted source, someone close to the production. I generally trust Smith with this kind of thing. He's he gets a bit puppy doggish every now and then, but he's he doesn't normally speak out of turn that hard. He said, uh, he says the, the alternate ending, the original ending, he says in the hospital was different. He says, Joker's in the hospital and he laughs. He chuckles. He says, I was just thinking of something funny. What was supposed to happen was you flash back to the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne. And it was him killing Thomas and Martha Wayne. And the boy is screaming and crying. And Joker turns to walk away. And then turns, shrugs, and shoots the kid. Credits. <laughs> This world has no Batman, Smith says, and I want that ending so much. <laughs> I, I I like this more. It's, you, it's, you you like the kid dying. You like no, Bruce no. Dying? I like what we have more. It's it's oh, open ended, okay. but in the way that I I appreciate versus the way that I hate. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like it. I like there being an openness to the universe, and I like that this one has interpretations. But it's not like the leave you on the edge of your seat. Well, you know, you make it up your own Sopranos slash Inception style. Come up with your own ending thing. Like I used to read, read, build your own adventures when I was a fucking kid. I don't want that anymore. Mm. I want you to tell your story. So this one, though, it was like this ending gave me enough that I feel like the story was told and I can interpret what I was given without feeling a little bit cheated in the way that I sometimes do. And my frustration with that is a subjective thing. I know. But that is the thing that gets to me. Um. Whereas that ending would have left me being like, I, I, I don't, I mean, it makes sense. Now, here, here's but why shit. I think they didn't do it, though. Here's why I think they didn't do it. Todd Phillips was talking to Variety, and he says, it's a beautiful Gotham. What I would like to see someone tackle is what Batman looks like from that Gotham. And he's quick to go, I'm not saying I'm going to do that. <laughs> what was interesting to me about the inclusion of Batman in our movie was what kind of Batman does that Gotham make? Yeah, I I think it's floating around in his head. I yeah, think it I mean, is. It, it it must be to some extent. I think he wanted to leave himself open to it, or someone else open to it at least. Here's a here's a wild. Just if it ever happens, I can say I I said it might happen one day. Thing. Uh huh. Bear with me. Puerto Always Rican do. Batman. Wait, now what? No. Puerto Rican Batman. I said bear with me. <laughs> I, I I need context. <laughs> I mean, I'm not but, open. I'm not like, you know, like actively opposed or anything. I just uh, well, I want to know what you're talking about. It would be a fun <laughs> opportunity to invite a POC Batman into the conversation. And it would make sense here because okay. here's my thing. Um, uh-huh. There is a thing that actually happened in New York where I forget the name, but it was it was a largely Puerto Rican group of uh, people that were part of an uprising where they were literally burning 
uh, I cannot remember the name. It's kind of bothering me right now. Um, but they were literally burning garbage in the streets because uh-huh. the sanitation in a certain area, which was a largely uh, Puerto Rican populated area, had mm-hmm. um, it, it just gone to absolute shit. Like this was during that era of like when people write about Gotham these days, a lot uh-huh. of it has to do with the the middle, like the mid to early 80s, really dark, super crime ridden versions of New York City that were actually kind of a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was genuinely... <sighs> For for a minute there, it was. I mean, it's far better now. I mean, don't. I, I haven't been there in several years, but it's far better than the the hype at the time. But it was genuinely going through a uh, a crime and just like city resources problem. So at some point, sanitation just stopped being able to get to certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a group of people, and kind of wish I would remember their name, but they. One of the things they did was they protested by literally burning trash in the streets. And it eventually got to the point where they were taking over, like literally guns in hand, took over a hospital to demand another hospital because the ones they got um, were the ones that were available for their area were literally so bad that the surgeons didn't have enough water pressure in the fucking hand sinks to properly wash their hands before surgery. We're talking like tenement style Uh Dickensian conditions, right? Right. Derelict. It was bad. And uh, take it for what it's worth, there was there were some things the group clearly went too far on, and there were some points they made. But this film went through a lot of trouble to point out that this was a literally a trashy city, trashy city, trashy city. I was Mario for a second, um, a trashy city. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So in my grim re- uh, rebuilding of this world, trashy city. I know some people who stood up for that once and and made a change. Fucking put them, put one of them in a bat suit. Okay, let's do it. Interesting. God, I'm gonna have to look up the name later on who that group was. Uh, Todd Phillips on Rumble with Michael Moore, which uh-huh. is a podcast uh, that I didn't realize Michael Moore had because I don't follow Michael Moore. Hey, he's still got a platform. I've seen him here and there. Um, says when the regime changed on the Warner side, the regime also changed on the DC side. They put a guy in charge at DC, Walter Hamada, who had been running a small horror label at New Line. So he didn't have muscle to stop it. And I'm not saying he would have, but he didn't get it. Talking about Joker. And because on paper it's crazy, he just stepped into this new job and we just made Shazam and Wonder Woman. We're doing okay. Do we really want to mess with the formula? And so I really understood his point. But in some ways, I had enough weight behind me at that point. Not overrule it, because that could have they could have easily said no. But we just kept our foot on the gas and the squeaky wheel gets the grease, as you say. We just made a thing of it for a long time. Truth be told, the budget was so small. And I say so small in relation to other comic book films. Not yeah. small. We ultimately made the movie for $60 million, But at Warner Brothers, or at DC... That's like an independent film to them. So we kept it under the radar and so small that in some way it felt like, not I can't lose, but like, okay, what can we really lose on this if it's a disaster and nobody wants to see it, <laughs> if it's boring? Yeah. So they just let us go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was, it was such a low budget that you were able to say like, look, worst case scenario, we're probably going to make dollar for dollar our money back. Mm-hmm. You'll call it a wash. You can write it off on that year's taxes, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Like that misadventure, tax deductible. No which problem. Is, I'm, which is, I'm sure, why they chose to release Cats on the same day as Rise of Skywalker. Of course. <laughs> oh, Universal. Yeah. Like, I just want to know, at what point did someone bring up the producers? <laughs> that, like, that. actually, we could make more if it's a flop. What do we need to do? Because this is bad. 
<laughs> if only we had a recorded history of something we could relate to to help us judge and guide and and, and mitigate the situation. Mm. I've never heard of anything. <laughs> somewhere in the side, you somewhere down the street, Nathan Lane was running at them, yelling, "I can help you! I can help you!" And they got in a cab and just drove off. Mm. I was thinking uh, Gene Wilder. Yeah, there too. Yeah, I'm an old producer's guy. All valid, as we say. Indeed. Uh, so the Joker movie script has been officially released online. Mm. I haven't read it, but um, I'm curious. And it never is got interesting. to see it a second time in theaters, and I do have the digital copy now, and I've still not like, been able to sit down and watch it. But I've uh, I've, I've read some of the stuff that it like confirms in there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Zazie Beetz character lives. Oh, cool. Like they actually, there's like a little scene in there where she's watching. She actually, they show her see Joker uh, murder. Uh, Murray. De Niro. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, so like Todd Phillips had pointed out that like he doesn't actually kill and Todd Phillips actually came out and said like specifically like, oh no, she was not meant to die. Like he does not kill anyone who, who didn't wrong him. Yeah. And, I mean, if the then, scene with his compatriot clowns says anything, it's that. Yeah. Now in my, in, in my head though, the ambulance and the way they shot it and the way they edited made me feel like he did kill her and that he, in his psychotic state believed that her not remembering their fake romance was in a way uh, wronging him. But, um, because you know, obviously he's having trouble remembering or realizing what's real and what's not. Yeah. He's borderline delusional the entire time. He's an unreliable narrator. Mm -hmm. So that was part of the problem is you don't know what parts of the story he's feeling and perceiving and what parts of the story happened. So you don't know from that when to judge. If somebody says he didn't kill anybody who didn't wrong him, I still don't really know. Well, I mean, like wrong him in the sense that I believe he was wronged or wrong him in the right. sense that he was, because those are conversations we need to have. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I love the film is you can have that conversation. <laughs> yep. Uh, so for anyone who cares, Joker at the Golden Globes won best original score and Joaquin won best actor. Hell yeah, both. And uh, this is one of my favorite things. Uh, after the awards, uh, a reporter asked him about his process of getting into the character of Arthur Fleck. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix just looks done. He just looks done, man. And he goes, is it this old news? I feel yeah. like I've talked about this for six months. I mean, I feel like I answered this question. Do you want to hear a different version of it? Should I try and change it slightly or what should I do? He then. What do you want from me? <laughs> he did, and I, I didn't, I didn't include it because he's absolutely right. There, are like, there's like a huge paragraph where he just nauseatingly and annoyed goes over everything that he's been saying in articles and and in the press for months about how he prepared for this character. We have talked about it all. Yeah. And then he very quietly at the end of that goes, "I just feel like I answered it six months ago." <laughs> I feel like I I feel like I didn't appreciate him as much as I should have before. And now, oh, he's fantastic, especially during his press adventures. You know what I wish he had done though? When that character comes out, or when that uh, reporter comes, I was like, "So how did you prepare for the character?" I I and he could pull it off too. Just just kind of stop and blink and twist his head a little bit and deadpan, kind of look into the guy's eyes and just said, "I thought about you." And just walk away. <laughs> just fucking stroll in the other direction. <laughs> that guy is sleeping with his fucking lights on that night. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, I 
Well, how do you feel, man? I think it's a new year. I think it's time to uh, move any subsequent Joker uh, news or, or conversation to the back of the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah unless the sequel is announced. Yeah. yeah. Back of the line. Yeah. This is going to be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be after we talk about Zack Snyder or something. You well, know, I mean, like, that or if he gets another big award, which, by the way, <laughs> we didn't stop to congratulate. But, yes, he deserved it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we we took it for granted, but I'll say it out loud. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. If he pulls uh, off an Oscar, we'll <laughs> have a conversation yeah, about it. Absolutely. All right. So uh, I don't. I don't have a ton of Birds of Prey news, uh-huh. but they did release a, a few different t- TV spots, and they have a new one though that has a little bit of new footage with Harley shooting some poor bastard. Nice. And it's a lot of fun. My favorite thing though is they had the the song that's playing is "Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon." Uh, the, this is a Neil Diamond song, but it's a, this is the urge overkill version that was on Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And I just, lo- I love that song and every, <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> like me and my wife will be out or whatever at the store or whatever. And if I see an attractive woman walk by, I'll just look at my wife and go, girl, do, 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 Oh God help you. You'll be a woman soon. It always gets a laugh. <laughs> always works with me at home <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but it's just one of those is, is i love that song and uh it's just it's brilliant in the in the in the spot so i vaguely remember the song who'd you say it was because it feels like an orbison it's uh no it's it, it was originally by neil diamond but the uh oh, okay yeah the, yeah the version i actually really like is urge overkill and that was the version that was on pulp fiction ah yeah that's so, fair anyway uh, over to Wonder Woman 1984, um, Adam Tickets is reporting that not, Wonder Woman 84 is the most anticipated movie of 2020, uh, which is strange because Adam Tickets top five does not include Birds of Prey, but IMDb is saying that Birds of Prey is the most anticipated movie of 2020. So win-win for us viewers? I guess so, but you know, of course. Look, this that's, that is a great a great example of how you take a positive note while I took the negative route. <laughs> you said it's a win win. My thought was, so all these things are bullshit. These most anticipated movie lists are bullshit. Oh, they are. They are nobody, outright bullshit. Yeah, nobody knows. No, <laughs> no. All right. It's an impossibility to think you have your hand on the pulse of that. Thumb on the pulse of that. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wade Gravit at uh, Wade Grav uh, posted some pictures of the Batman filming outside of his offices in London. Uh, so we have a possible look at a blonde, I surmise silver-haired Colin Farrell holding an umbrella. Um, I won't say it might be Penguin. I will say it might be Colin. It looks like Colin, but it's also very blurry <laughs> and very far away. So oh, let, me, let me pull this up. I want to is sure I've seen this. There is room for it to be someone else, but just in case we were wondering if it could be Colin Jesus Farrell. Jesus Christ, and, what is happening? I, I don't know. What is happening? What? Good God. I opened one of your links and it just started sending me music. Yeah, it does that. <laughs> All of these links. Fucking Christ. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just blew my speakers away. Like my ears hurt right now. I'm so sorry. God damn it. This problem has been around for 20 fucking years, Internet. Mm-hmm. You do not mm-hmm. need to be at full volume when you play your little sidebars. Mm-hmm. Half volume. Half volume, bitch. Quarter, really. That's right. I want legislation. So, 
I will also say that, in my opinion, that is 100% silver-haired Colin Farrell. Okay. So for anyone who thinks it might be Colin Farrell and not the penguin, Matt Reeves uh, has confirmed that it is that he is playing the penguin. Uh, he posted a picture of Colin Farrell and said, is that you, Oz? And uh, the thing I love about that is Oz is what he was called in the Telltale games. And it's very clear that this looks like some somewhat inspired by the Telltale games. I didn't see it, but okay. Go go check out. Just look up uh, Penguin storyline on oh, the Telltale games. Oh, the Telltale games. games. Yeah. Okay. No, sorry. I got you. He's he's a very thin uh, Colin Farrell esque type of penguin who is you know <laughs> British little twat. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I do remember the franchise now you're talking about. Sorry, my ears are still fucking ringing. That was incredible. It's okay. Loud. Um. Yeah. That. Uh. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh. So the big thing for me though. And forgive me if I missed something in the news, but we've previously heard over and over that the Batman was set in the early 90s. But there are Gotham action news vans that are like touting HD. And I know HD TV sets, I had to look it up, but they became available in the US in 98. Mm -hmm. And the broadcast began in November of 1998. So I guess that could still, it could be still be the late 90s. But I mean, yeah, it could be, but they could also be going like doing like a timeless thing like Gotham did, like Batman the animated series did, you know? Yeah. Um, because the, the Gotham police cars in the vans definitely look older. They look like they're from like the eighties or something, seventies or eighties. Yeah. But I feel like in a service truck for a city, I see the, that kind of quality mm-hmm. here and there. Like everything from, Oh my God, how did you get this van to, Oh my God, where did you get this van? You, you want to hear something cool about some set picks you don't have? Sure. Someone posted a set of pics and it got deleted. It got taken down. I didn't see them. Uh-huh. The caption was something along the lines of, oh my God, we're going to, we're going to get airships. Okay. I want the big police balloons. <laughs> it would make me happy on a lot of levels. <laughs> They're impractical. <laughs> they are impractical, but I don't care. I mean, if we're doing like the noir, uh, tone that that uh matt reeves has talked about yeah yeah there better be some airships man that's some like oh my god that's some that's some gorgeous shit like they're in all the jim lee drawings they're in batman the animated series i want me some airships i don't know why i don't know how that would work to any like plausible i, I wouldn't uh, practical uh, police force i mean on a scientifically i would object because i don't think those can be directionally controlled in a way that makes any damn sense but yeah, but uh, atmospherically, they they've always they always have fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't guide the fuckers. They just kind of go. I understand, and you know, I think it still fits though in terms of like you know you you just see them kind of like slowly lumbering along like yeah. giant air sloths. Um, yeah, I, there's and a, occasionally um, a spotlight you know is used to grab somebody before it wafts into the wrong direction. Yeah, one mm. of the there's probably about a dozen, 15-ish uh, maybe buildings in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Alabama does not have a skyscraper between them. Not a not a traditional one. Not like the ones you'd be thinking of. Right. If I say the word skyscraper. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, ours are like sky, get a closer lookers. That's it. it they, you know, 35-ish levels, I want to say. Last time I was on something that went up as high as the, any of them. Mm-hmm. And one of them has always confused me because it had this, you could see it 
in the Birmingham skyline, just a little bit, you could see like this little platform going out from the top of one of them. And I always thought that's just, I don't know what that is. And then somebody at some point sent me a photo of, it was that same platform, same building, all that's been kept intact, intact, I think for historical reasons. Uh And it's, they used to actually, that used to be a a drop off for blimp rides. So there's this photo of, Jesus Christ. You're having all sorts of problems over there. Fucking firefighters. This is my dog's gonna start barking in a minute. It's gonna be a neighbor homicide. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, it, they, um, but they uh, they send me this photo and it's 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 really fucking jankety as hell, man. I mean, it's like a it, it's it's pretty high up. It's high up enough, definitely, that it it's way beyond anything I'm comfortable with. Uh-huh. And they're up there and it's kind of like you can see people walking across the platform, but the whole time the platform's going back and forth. Uh-huh. I mean, just just wafting in the wind uh, and and it's kind of tethered down. But like as someone who has way more familiarity, familiarity, familiar, familiarity with boats, I know how much trouble it is to even tie down a boat in uh-huh. wakey fucking choppy water. Yeah, it's a bitch. It is. You're about to lose a finger half the time when you're like actually tying it off. Mm-hmm. I cannot even imagine that. And there was a blimp and it somehow seemed tethered. And there's these people just kind of like, and they're in like nice, one of them, I swear to God, one of them had a petticoat. <laughs> As one does when they're riding an air blimp. Exactly. Like people used to dress up for air travel. That was a thing. So. Uh-huh. I mean, you don't want to die looking like a. That would be know, my thing. Is I'm going to die with a clean pair of underwear and, and looking <clears throat> dapper. Right. I'm going to be wear a my petticoat. dapper shark mill is what I'm thinking. Right. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's an image that now always comes to mind when people talk to me about blimps is that fucking godforsaken, I don't know how many people died trying to get on thing. Like, it looked so shaky that if, like, if your wife was walking in front of you and she just went over the edge, the person guiding the uh, the, the ship would just kind of look over and be like, <laughs> what? One more room for somebody? And just kind of like laughingly with red <laughs> cheeks. And I imagine a big waxed beard. Uh-huh. And mustache. Naturally. Like, Come on. Next person up. You <sighs> there. We're in the back. We have room now. Right. It's <laughs> just people shrugging off like, <laughs> people got to die some way. Well, look, man, I understand that it doesn't make any sense. I understand that it's not like practical in any way, shape or form, but I want it. No, in our in our brains, we were raised under BTAS and it would mm-hmm. atmospherically, it would be very rewarding. And I completely agree. I now I want the tagline for the movie to be you will believe a blimp can fly. <laughs> it would be you would believe a blimp can do anything other than float and kill people. <laughs> uh, all aboard now taking tickets for the murder blimp. <laughs> we don't know when anyone's getting off a riff, but if <laughs> oh, risking <every> your mortgage <laughs> on a Vegas table isn't getting you enough kicks anymore then come on down it's prohibition area who the fuck cares anyway if you don't fall off you'll burn <laughs> welcome to the Hindenburg I read a story recently with a blip where they hit the ground at what must have been about 10 miles an hour like enough that if you were in a car wreck <laughs> uh-huh. you wouldn't even have whiplash yeah but it was just enough to spark the chemicals in the hydrogen and every fucking person died. Uh-huh. Because that's how that worked. Oh, the humanity. Exactly. Hey, but you remember, you you, you will recall the, the alternate universe on Fringe was badass because of the airships. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, hell yeah. They have airships. 
Yeah. I'm sure there's a better way to design a so-called airship rather than blimp. Uh, yeah. I do like I it, sim- it but I do like it symbolically for Gotham. Like the idea that the police decide that they're going to have these like looming pr- this looming presence floating oh, no. above the in entire the city all the time. Eye in the skies are like the Goodyear yeah. blimp that travels from game to game and mm-hmm. gives you the the giant overhead uh, shot here and there. Yeah, oh yeah, I get it. I get it there. That makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do anyway. know they're more guidable than I've been letting on, but still. They are. But it's still fun to make fun of. Hey, <laughs> Robert Pattinson. They uh-huh. have pictures of him wearing a bandana over his face. Uh-huh. Uh, on the motorcycle? Yeah, he's on mm-hmm. a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. He's got a backpack. Yep. Dude, those are different Snyder vibes. Looking like Zero Year over here. Oh, yeah. See, uh, Ron Hulsman sent me that, and then he pointed out, because I was like, oh, dude, some Year One shit. And he was like, well. And then he sent me a picture with zero years. Oh, uh-huh. shit. That's oh, more yeah. accurate. Yep. Good call, buddy. Yeah. And I adore the zero year Batman costume, too. Like, I would love it if they went that route. I, I don't know why, it. but I always like little pouches, little like <laughs> little pouches on the on the legs and stuff. Almost as much as a leg belt, Brent, from Fans Without Borders. Mm-hmm. We like talking about leg belts. We like leg belts, I should say, more more than we uh, like talking yeah. about them. Gotcha. But, yeah. It's a 90s thing. Do like the leg belt where you like would put a gun? Not a leg holster. Mm. Or like a fancy leg holster? Oh, well, no. In 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 the 90s, leg belts were just things. They You didn't put things in them. Oh, shit. Hold on. You just keep talking. I'm going to look it up real quick. No, in the... Like, look up... Look up... Uh, look up literally the, search for leg belt. That should go no, somewhere. Yeah. Look up Superboy. Look up oh, Superboy fuck. 1993. Like, Reign of the Supermen. He's got leg belts. Oh, I do there, remember that. There ain't no point in them. I do remember that. No. <laughs> no. Now, I also like, you know, like Dark Knight Returns leg belt, but he had pouches and there were like reasons for that shit. That's also badass. Yeah. And, you know, they, they had a combination like of things. Red Sun version where it just got pouches every damn where. Yeah. I but swear you know, that like, dude had batterings in his little ear flappy mm-hmm, hat thing. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like 90s X-Men, those assholes had leg belts and they had nothing, nothing in them. They had like I, I could swear arm I belts, Cyclops leg belts. Just had one for no good reason. Yeah, he had like two leg belts on each leg. That makes sense. And then like two calf belts for no reason. That makes sense too. <laughs> on each leg. Like what's that? Uh, it's the one version of leg belt that makes sense to me, and I can't remember her name. It's one of the uh, one of Big Bertha's like uh, Big Bartha Furies. Big Bartha's uh, Furies. Big Bertha. <laughs> Big Bertha's. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> my bad. Oh. My bad. I genuinely feel terrible about that. Uh, well, it's one of her furies. It's the one that can like it looks like she's in bandages and she can pull them off and oh. whip you with them. Yeah, I can't remember her name for some. Can't reason. remember her name, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Looks uh, right there. That's functional. Yeah, that makes sense. And like I said, Dark Knight Returns, Batman, when he's like up on the top of the roof with the with the grappling gun, he's got like the leg belt. It's like yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Nice. Ooh, here's a fun one just for keeping it current. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember Golden Glider? Golden, yes. Snart sister? Yes. I finally got to catch up on some Flash that I was behind on. Because oh. it was one of the situations where I was behind one book that didn't come in when I needed to, so I had to put I had to put it aside for the moment. Uh-huh. And then that got backlogged because everything else came out before it, and I was catching up on stuff, and I had to go back for that and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, jumping around as is. And I finally got time this weekend to catch up, and uh, it's, it's uh, like Golden Glider's got kind of those bandages, but it's she at some point became ethereal and she can bind people kind of back to reality by whipping them with those uh, little thingies. So it became like Mm -hmm. a slight version of the whippy feel to it, but it it, definitely had a 
different effect entirely. Mm. It looks but like it's on my uh, mind recently because I think I did that like, yesterday. Yeah, I did that yesterday. Like that Fury's name is Lashina, by the way, or Lashina. I'll go with it. I'm sure if you found it, it can only be the one thing. I mean, she's wrapped in bandages. I don't know. Got to be her. Yeah. Don't think they made a ton of them. Pretty sure it's just the her. I have a hard time remembering all the the Furies and stuff, like the new gods in general. Like I, I don't think there were. I think she was singularly the one with that gimmick. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. There was, you know, uh, the big one. Mm-hmm. I want to say Stampa. I remember Matt Harriet. So she was like Joker Fury. <laughs> so I remember that. God, I was thinking of Big Barda. That's why my main got uh, my brain got crossed up. There, there's one that looks like Joker. There, like a female Joker slash Creeper. Oh I'm yeah, pretty uh, sure. I'm pretty sure. She her actually name reminds Matt me a little bit of Murmur in a way. Oh okay, I can see that. But. I don't remember any of their names, though. Shit. They come and go, and like every time I see them, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm always way more confused about Granny Goodness being a thing. <laughs> oh, you're I've never had the mental goodness. space to focus on, on the Furies themselves. Yeah, that's all right. That big, all right. big Barda. Big, big Barda. God damn it. Uh, Get that in your brain. Big Barda. Big Here. Barda. Big Barda. Deadlight is reporting that mm-hmm. accomplished uh, costume designer. Jacqueline Duran sure. is uh, on board to uh, to make the costumes in the Batman. She worked on Little Women. She worked in uh, on the 1917. So uh, those are kind of biggish movies, big movies that's sure. happening, and uh, the costumes look phenomenal. So I'm uh, I'm 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 happy to see her coming over to uh, the Batman. Sure, especially if we're doing like noir Batman. Yeah, like, yes, kind of looking like yes. If not. That's the funny part is what I'm seeing right now in the still shots, the the screens is it's not like noir in the sense that we grew up with it. Maybe. To maybe some extent, will, noir will. when we grew up with it was Dick uh-huh. Tracy-esque, like really 80s style, but reminiscent of 40s and 50s. Hmm. Noir can maybe kind of come across differently these days, and I kind of hope it does. Hmm. I don't know what I, I don't know. I don't know. You know what like, I don't want? Part of me. I don't want shoulder what? pads. Let's start there okay. and work backwards and I'm good. Depending, I, I don't know. I could I could deal with sh- some shoulder pads if it's done well. Um, I think McGregor could pull them off if he had to. But eh. I, if hey, if we're doing like seedy like uh, fantasy sequences in the number twenty three type of stuff, I'm down for that. Uh, I'm yeah, down for I get it. Uh, you know, uh, Batman the animated series, obviously that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, dude. As far as I'm concerned, we could do a whole Matt Reeves uh dc universe start with batman bridge over like we could just do like cd underbelly uh 1940s looking batman stuff and then pop over to uh superman and do like you know superman in the world of tomorrow like total like sky captain in the world of tomorrow like retro futuristic shit like all-star superman oh my god i would just uh, i would just weep with joy just the hint of steam yeah. Just a hint. Not too much. Not too just much. Like that Not motorcycle that Pattinson's on, to me, is like, just the hint of steam. Mm-hmm. It's good. It looks rugged, but it still looks <laughs> very functional and stylistic. I like that. I can dig <laughs> that. Yeah. I would never own a motorcycle because I have attention deficit disorder and I would die. Uh-huh. But were I to, that looks like a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Gunn was doing a little Q&A. Someone asked him, will we see Harley Quinn in the same outfit as in previous films? James Gunn replies, nope. (laughs) 
I like it. Definitive. Yep. yep. One fan asked, uh, "What has made that he had?" They, they, one fan asked him, "What has made the production on Suicide Squad uh, so much fun?" Because Gunn has said numerous times before that this is the this is the most fun he's had working on a movie. James Gunn answers, "Mostly, I've just grown as a person. I'm allowing myself to enjoy the movie making process for the first time ever. But also, I have the greatest crew I've ever had. All of the best folks." from volume one, two, and three, assembled together in a super crew. I adore the cast, and the producers are some of my best friends in the world. Peter Safran, uh, Chuck Roven. He says, I love my screenplay, and I've changed up my style of shooting on this one, so it's hmm. more fun and visceral. Hmm. Etc. That all sounds wonderful to me. Yeah. I, I like that he's changed up his, his style of shooting, because now it's like disrupting my own... Uh, my own expectation for the movie uh-huh. because a very, I have a very like nuanced idea of what James Gunn's style of shooting looks like based on the guardians of the galaxy movies and slither. Yeah. So now I don't know what to expect. You got to abandon all that. I like it. Yeah. I like it. That kind of restriction is good though. It's good mm-hmm. every now and then. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I, there's art. The, there are artists who have literally just shown up and been like, "I know I'd play this instrument, but I'm just gonna not allow myself to do that anymore for this album." <laughs> yep. My favorite example <laughs> of all was uh, Karen O from Yeah Yeah Yeahs. I forget the name of the guitarist, and I'm a little bit ashamed because I love indie music and I should know better. Mm-hmm. But they showed up to produce the uh, It's Blitz. I think was the album. Uh huh. And he, who was n- known as a uh, uh, fantastic riff artist if you listen to the IAS like that guy can make a fucking rock song and she just showed up and said like you're not going to play guitar on this album he's like what are you replacing me he's like no you're just not going to play guitar on this album <laughs> wow pick another instrument do whatever you want to do you're not playing guitar that's great I love it oh Brian Eno has this set of cards mm-hmm. um, and he showed up with uh, everyone from David Bowie to Lennon and so on pick somebody but Brian Eno has Bing it, Crosby <laughs> alright you got me um <laughs> He's shown up at a lot of places, though, and he has these random cards that are like abandon the time signature or uh, take take your main instrument and switch it to something else. Like arbitrary notes, but you have to use them. That's the idea of producing with him and when they're doing this method. Mm -hmm. Like imposed restrictions makes you more creative in certain ways. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right, so uh, Black Adam has been posting. Black Adam, The Rock has been posting. Oh, he's already, it's already in your there. Brain. It's, it's already there. Yeah. It's already there. You're already on board. Uh, the Rock has been posting pictures of him training, of himself training, and he looks dope. Oh yeah, he's well. Um, my pastor's a big uh, Shazam fan, and I was like, dude, you gotta look at this. He looked at it, and my pastor works out, so he was like, looks at it, and he goes, he looks dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> accurate i agree and also <laughs> you showed me the same two pictures and i looked at the veins and thought mm-hmm. like yeah he's he's got a really high blood sugar content right now mm-hmm. and i don't know if he's okay like he needs to go chug a gallon and a half of water yeah right now yeah but, but he looks he looks dope he looks I'm perfect sure he's, fine. he's got the best doctors in the world working on him um writes new era black adam shooting this summer and uh, he actually posted a, a third picture of him working out where he just looks crazy huge and says the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. Nice. I just, I love his enthusiasm for it. I love that he's so down with the character. Oh, I have the entire time. His enthusiasm has always been, forgive the term, electrifying. 
Oh, oh Lord. Yeah, but it's real. That was real mm-hmm. then. People tuned into wrestling that didn't give a shit just to see him. <laughs> Dude's got charisma. I mean, yes, he does. He's yes, got yes, it. Yes, he does. But he, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the enthusiasm here and the the, I like his drive in this capacity alone to be like, no, I'm gonna be the swole motherfucker on any of these sets. Like any of them are gonna have to look at me and be like, oh my god, how do I deal with that? <laughs> I love the idea that the writers are gonna have to look at him and be like, shit. We mm-hmm. have to, we're going to have to make this work. Yep. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, David Ayer's Suicide Squad here. Okay. Uh, super nerd, super underscore nerd zero zero on Twitter uh, was talking about Suicide Squad, the first movie. And it says that whole, I have to build my machine thing for Enchantress was ridiculous. Her abilities alone were enough of a challenge. Outside of that, I really enjoyed it. And David Ayer, he was even talking to David Ayer, and David Ayer responded and said, It was supposed to be a boom tube, as she was under control of a mother box. All the apocalypse elements were stripped out late in the game. The machine concept was an attempt to create a ticking clock and world threat. Ah, yeah. This is exactly what we speculated years ago. When the Christian Lauren Schurer concept art started getting posted online. You remember that? Like all like the we boom tubes above the city, parademons yeah. instead of whatever the doo-doo ball headed monsters they wound up with. Like, yeah. like man, oh, oh my god, I want that. I want that version. I know, I know. It was meant to be a different thing. It was. I, mm. And the only thing I resent about the film as I was given it was some of the parts structurally it holds together it's just that some of the parts that were like the working parts of that structure felt like Uh place keepers yeah it it did it felt a little bit like someone who just it's like they never got a better idea but i think Mm -hmm. instead it was they had a better idea and they had to work backwards to a workable idea yeah i feel like warner brothers came in and said oh by the way uh bvs didn't do great so uh everyone's freaking out you got to get that get rid of that because the uh uh the shared universe aspect of of BBS was kind of shit on. So uh, we were yanking all that out and to make Zack Snyder's show make more sense. We got to, we, we can't have previous stuff. So you just yeah. got to make that something else. Yeah. Since you've already shot all the mocaps and, and things. Yeah. It's horseshit. I, I think man. they just, they, they, it, it was the, it was the fault of a franchise that at that point wasn't completely sure where they were going. And not that they hadn't made some beautiful content. They just weren't sure what they were willing to stand by. Because, again, mm-hmm. the execs, I think, are the real villains here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, what you end up getting is some mediocre middle ground. This will work instead of artists doing what they're made to do kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Over to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, mm-hmm. They've released a, uh, a a shirt from Ink to the People. It is a... Uh, is a situation where you go and there is like a t-shirt. There's a, also a hoodie and uh, it, you, it, you pay money for this thing and it goes to the American foundation for suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. And uh, here, here's something though, really, that's really cool about it. And I totally want one of the t-shirts. I'm not much of a hoodie guy for the most part, but I totally want one of the t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> but both feature uh, logos from the DCU. There's like a big Justice League logo, but it does very specifically say Zack Snyder's Justice League, (laughs) which is how Snyder has started referring to it on Vero. Like he actually goes to the trouble of of capitalizing Zack Snyder's Justice League. (laughs) 
and it's not a bad call <laughs> rebrand it that way and maybe you yeah that's and, the best option to maybe getting that cut oh well okay we'll get to that it, but here's the thing it's got logos from the dceu on both of these things superman sure. batman wonder woman aquaman flash and cyborg naturally but it doesn't stop there there's also a green lantern and a martian manhunter logo Okay, the Green Lantern was supposed to be there from the beginning. That was the original slate we were given. We were supposed to be bordering on a Green Lantern film right now. Martian Manhunter, apparently, according to the storyboards, was there too. According to the storyboards. Was going to be there by the end of this thing. My only objection is that Snyder himself does not like that character very much. No, that wasn't the that wasn't the story. David Goyer hates Martian Manhunter. I am sorry. That was David Goyer. Mm-hmm. I retract mm-hmm. my previous sentence. Apologies. That's right. <laughs> Apologies. <clears throat> Zack Snyder was setting up freaking Harry Lennox to be Manhunter the whole time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember that part in the storyboards. Um, now, in my head for this, a second, I thought that that was something he was doing to hedge his bets. And, no, it was just mm-hmm. sorry. David Goyer being David Goyer and Snyder yeah. accepting everything like he like he did. Now, as reported by DC Film Squadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zack Snyder entered into negotiations with WB in November uh, to release the Snyder Cut. So since Zack has started referring to it as, quote, Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, a little while ago, a few weeks ago, and now we see it in logo form. Like, And Ink to the People did confirm that they got that logo from Snyder. And he has logos that he arguably does not have the rights to use <laughs> on that shirt. Scott and Tim at Squadcast have said they think that this is now shifted from a negotiation tactic to actual marketing. No. I can't say I disagree, man. No, I really not can't. yet. You don't think yet? No, not yet. I, yeah, I think look, I think rebranding probably. as Zack Snyder Justice League is great call and, and uh-huh. really good footing. But this was still essentially a promotional thing for a charity. Mm-hmm. That is different. Mm-hmm. That is different than just actual marketing. Like there, fundamentally a, different than that. actual yeah. marketing. Like yeah. legally, taxably different than actual marketing. That's, That's an entirely yeah. different ballgame. I do think it's I do think it's interesting that he added Green Lantern and, and Manhunter in there. And someone someone and actually I'd love, to, I'd, I'd love to see it. Like I'd love to have the shirt. Yes. Yes. I may go buy it. But it is fun. I'll provide different. a link. No. <laughs> <laughs> I may own that and the hoodie. I am a hoodie kind of guy. Yeah. Because the wind makes my ears cold. I I, I know. I may <laughs> I may get both of these things. But I remember you walking in with a hoodie and referencing that great Futurama. I'm like, hey, man, you're like, my ears are cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> where no fan has gone before, where, uh, where Shatner and the rest of the Star Trek crew have been given old, uh, new bodies. Yeah. And they're fighting the Futurama crew. And uh, Shatner takes off his boot and throws it at Leela. And then forlornly stares down at his foot and goes, my foot is cold. Yeah, there's a great, just a couple seconds of pause where like an awkward, did that just happen? And no one's saying anything. And he just says, my foot's cold. In a way that only Shatner could muster. Oh my God, it's such a wonderful episode. he found a way. He found a way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, the demand for this thing killed the site for a second. Like, they actually destroyed the 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 uh, ink to the people site the servers crashed because they couldn't keep up with the demand so that's pretty cool i mean it's yeah it's cool it's also cool that there was that much going to suicide prevention for absolutely exactly the kind of reason that i think snyder would be on board with like i just think mm-hmm. even if you're it, you could fuck around with me all you want about whether we're getting the snyder cut if it's all going to suicide prevention fuck with my yeah. emotions all you want good cause do it absolutely 
Um, Snyder uh, answered a fan and said, someone asked if there were more nightmare sequences and he just wrote, oh yeah. Oh, I believe that. I believe he had an entire story plan for that. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, um, love to see it. Now, earlier this week on Twitter, or I should say last week, someone hatefully started screaming on our timeline. Uh, perhaps They even tagged us in it uh, about, or someone tagged, someone retweeted them and tagged us in it. I can't remember which one happened, but I was aggravated with it either way. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was something that Snyder said that made them think that the film is 100% complete. And they were like doing that thing where they're like, for all the people in the back who didn't hear it the first time, <laughs> block the people who say it's not true. Well, you know, Zack Snyder has now come out and clarified and said, the film is not 100% finished. So suck it. He says, still some the stuff I want in the do. back. Yes. That thing I was saying. Mm-hmm. Still some stuff I want to do. Thing I've been saying. As with every film I've made, not sure what difference it makes as to the finish level of the film. Um, it is not 100% finished, guys. It's just not yet. It's not. I'm not saying it won't be. I'm just saying it is not right now, or at least as of December 25th. <laughs> Stop finding weird reasons to block people. All yeah. right. Uh, so, so Saturday, wait, to sum up our earlier conversation, this should be a thing we're rallying around and, and being mm-hmm. together on, not a divisive mm-hmm. thing. That's right. Absolutely. Yes, we all want to see it. No, we don't have to hate each other if we don't think it's exactly real or at a certain stage or should exist at all. Mm-hmm. God damn it. We're all in this together. That's right. All right. Snyder on December 25th uh, posts a picture of Steppenwolf holding a mother box with the runtime 214 posted on it with the caption, what is the secret of the grail? Snyder then posts a black and white Batman with a shoulder in the foreground that I can't identify. And the caption says, who does it serve? Then a black and white picture of Cyborg on a rooftop looking up to the sky. Caption, you, my lord. (laughs) Then a picture of Cyborg in the flash digging Clark up. Excuse me. While Wonder Woman and Aquaman are at the van in the background. Caption, who am I? Then a black and white picture of Lois and shirtless Clark at the farmhouse. Caption, you are my lord and king. You are Arthur. (laughs) Then black and white Bruce modifying his Batmobile and the flying fox. Caption, have you found the secret that I have lost? And finally, a black and white Superman emerging from the fortress, heavily backlit, looks like the Man of Steel scene. Uh, It says, yes. You are in the land, uh, you in the land, sorry, you and the land are one. And there's text overlaid on top of the picture that says, drink from the chalice and be reborn. All of those, all of these captions are from the 1981 film Excalibur. <laughs> and this is a thing. This is a, a movie. favorite of his, apparently. Yes. It was on the marquee in Batman v Superman when uh, Bruce's parents uh, got shot. It was, <clears throat> it was on the movie poster. It, <laughs> at the theater where the Waynes got shot in Joker. Two different versions of this. Th- uh, I Should we watch Excalibur? I'm down. I, I feel like we should watch Excalibur and do a Patreon review. I'm down. I think I'm down. I kind of want to see this. that two ninety nine on Prime. All these people are talking. Zack Snyder and Todd Phillips are jerking off to Excalibur? Yes, I think, yeah. I, think I need to see this thing. Let's rock it. All right. <clears throat> well, we're going to go to break real quick. Quick sidebar. Yeah, another thing that we have no control over. Another, uh... Hold on. What? Hold on. What? If you release the Snyder Cut as a comic book, would you not buy the shit out of it? Just like Injustice. Yes. I'd even take that. Give me that. Give me that DC slash Warner Brothers. I want all the things. I know. All right, we got a little bit of TV news. Just a little. And we're going to talk about it right after this. 
Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. We are back. Good gracious. <sighs> Jason's emptied his bladder. Mm-hmm. If you follow us on Twitter at DC on screen, you would have already been privy to that. Of course. You got to you gotta little, click the little thing to get notifications whenever we tweet, mm-hmm. but you would have got, you will get a thing usually of me looking, you know, somewhat dreary, like a picture of me going, waiting for Jason to piss mm-hmm. on this week's episode. Yeah. Kind of let everyone know we're recording, things are happening, we're at the, you know, spot in between movies and at that part, yeah. TV. Yeah. And uh I usually just have there's just an Instagram of me with like a toilet liver handled down. Is there really? I didn't think no. you were on Instagram. I'm not at all. No. Oh. Well damn. Mm-hmm. Makes me sad. Jesus, man. What? So many distractions tonight. I don't know. I know. What giant ass truck just pulled into my neighborhood? Mm-hmm. This has become yeah. We are in Un- Alabama. This is untenable. Untenable trucks of giant proportions. Yeah. Like, I think Fire someone trucks. with a Confederate flag just angrily pulled in next door. <laughs> I can't yeah. see them, but based on the sound of the truck and the gravel pulling around, I, I think that's what may have just happened. So if you guys turn your, your podcast all the way up, you'll be able to hear some guy in the background screaming, don't tread on me. Yeah. And uh, he's got the bumper sticker from the sound yeah. of it. He'll he'll have the bumper sticker for sure, and probably a big old pair of like metal testicles hanging from the bumper. And um, well, you know, I mean, you do you, boo. I just uh, it's kind of getting in the way of my recording right now. So yeah, you know. uh, this is a problem. All right, so we got a little news on Lucifer. News that I am somehow both happy to report and disappointed to report. I like it. Okay. Uh, Renewed for another season. No, 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 no. They have all the cast, criteria. They have cast God for the final season, and it's not Neil Gaiman. Okay, yeah, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. It. Well, Neil Gaiman previously voiced God he in voiced season him. three. Yeah, but uh, I think he made a did, decent God. Yeah, he's laid back. Got a Dennis, Dennis Hazbert. nature to him. Dennis Haysbert. The fuck is that? Um, did you ever see Twenty Four? No. Okay. Uh, he was President David Palmer in in twenty four, and uh, I'll look him up. He's on Allstate commercials, I think now. Sure. He has a really deep voice. He's a cool guy. Uh, I don't Dennis know from anything else. Hayes, though. I'm just asking Google to correct this for me. Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. Um. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a really good actor. Like every time I see him on the Allstate commercials, I go, Oh, President Palmer. Like. I think I have more respect for him than I do most of our actual real life presidents. Possibly. Like, cause you know, if it's just like, ah, it's just Bush or ah, it's just Clinton. But you know, when I see Dennis Haysbert, I go, president Palmer. I have known him since the days of major league. <laughs> That's okay. I 
I don't know sports anything. I'm pretty sure he was in. Hold on, I think he was in the short-lived series uh, Reigns or mm, okay, ah, uh, not Nordstrom, uh, Backstrom. No, he's in Backstrom. Okay, with uh, Rain Wilson. That's what I was mm-hmm. thinking of. Reigns was the short-lived Jeff Goldblum series. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it was Backstrom. Well, I'll, I'll give you an update. Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you're I, on the edge of your seat. I really, yeah, I'm. Re- I Backstrom. am, but it's uh, okay. Good. Yep. Nailed it. I, <laughs> I'm sure we're all so proud. I like Dennis Haysbert. I really do. I I think uh and on twenty four he acted with D B Woodside. So they were they were brothers on that oh, show. Oh. Okay. Um, and uh well, Joe great. Henderson should already be good rapport. I like acts, it. Absolutely. Joe Henderson, the showrunner of Lucifer, says we did like the big crazy list of possible actors, but he was my top choice. We were lucky. It was our first and only offer. Um, they said DB Woodside had actually come up to us and said, have you thought about Dennis? And we were like, do you think he'd actually do it? And he was like, well, I've already talked to him and sort of brought it up. <laughs> and yeah, so we just went straight on, on to it. Um, it yeah. to you. Now, Dennis Haysbert. What if the answer was already yes? <laughs> Dennis Haysbert says, every time I see DB, there's always this fondness and this connection. We worked on a show that was arguably one of the best shows ever produced in television. So you're going to have a kind of camaraderie. I don't know how I went from brothers to father. We're celestial. We can do that. I, I actually, yeah. He's got a pretty good understanding of the show if he actually knows to say that. Uh-huh. At least someone who does has told him that line and he remembered it. So that's also my answer for why God can stop being Neil Gaiman and be Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. He's I, celestial. I, he can do that. It's literally God. He can sound like Neil Gaiman some other time and somebody else he's a burning bush. Fuck. It. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I mean, in in all of the stuff we talk about in DC Comics, we're, we're also in this version, literally God. Mm-hmm. Like not, not the all father. God. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. You just go ahead and suspend that disbelief way beyond anything you thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over to Arrow real quick. Stephen Amell uh, apparently celebrated Christmas Eve by watching the Arrow season uh, series finale with his mom. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. He 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 said just that. He said just watch the series finale of Arrow with my mom in London Christmas Eve special. She's okay. She's <laughs> not all right, but she's okay. We're all coping. <laughs> And apparently uh, they, they put out a uh, synopsis for Green Arrow and the Canaries. Mm-hmm. And it says, it's the year 2040 in Star City and Mia Queen has everything she could have ever wanted. However, when Laurel and Dinah suddenly show up in her life again, things take a shocking turn and her perfect world is upended. Laurel and Dinah are tracking a kidnapping victim with direct ties to Mia and they need her help. Knowing it will change everything, Mia can't help but be a hero as she, Laurel, and Dinah suit up once again to save the city. That sounds, that gives us a little hint about how crisis works all out. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, in the sense that we already knew that a lot of the synopses for future episodes involved all of, almost all of the people that were already around now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's going to affect everything in a certain it's way. It's interesting but. that her name is not Mia Smoke anymore. <sighs> That's a good point. That's a fine point. I know it. I didn't catch that. Good call. I was more, oh, sorry, I was distracted by the fact that, like, we're talking about Mia who in the current crisis story arc has had almost a, basically a moment where she asked to carry on her father's adventures uh-huh. um, and, and was honored by the ability to even ask for God's sake. Um, 
that she'd be worthy. Like all that. There had so many scenes that were that. Mm-hmm. that like she, uh, I don't know, it was a lot of respect and all that. Yeah. And then for her to need to be needled into being a hero later is, yeah, I'm going to see how that works out. Oh, no, man. This, you know what this reminded me of? This, this synopsis reminded me of, uh, a little bit of, uh, of oh God, I can't remember the name of it now. The the uh, the Mad Hatter episode in Batman the animated series where Bruce wakes up and his parents are alive, <laughs> and he's engaged to Selena. Okay, yeah, there's that. He's like, wait, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I think if it's it that, changed, that that yeah. that makes a lot more sense to me up front. I, it, I mean, I'm not just saying said, you know she has everything she could have ever wanted. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we have that. Maybe yeah. Maybe it's that dream world aspect. Hmm. I'm balking a little bit at the idea, but yeah, it, in that context, it works just fine. Yeah. I don't know exactly what Crisis is going to do, but apparently it's going to do that, and it's also going to make the Legends somehow celebrities. I have heard because about that. They did like a, a synopsis for the Legends first episode back, and they like come to the shocking realization that they are celebrities now, and they have like a camera crew on the Wave Rider. <laughs> I mean, you realize they've hinted at that already. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I don't know that. First time you see Ray in Crisis, they rewrite Janis Joplin's career so that it's Tiny Robot Man instead of Cadillac Man. I think. Oh yeah. They've already hinted that they have genuinely interrupted culture in a way that maybe they're getting noticed. Mm-hmm. If it co- comes organically from that, I'll be really on board. Yeah. If that's it doesn't, funny. that's it's the legends and fucking. They'll probably figure out a way to make it work. Who cares? Yeah. John may cast a fucking. Uh, celebrity spell just to put fame on their mind like fame bowie style on their minds and and leave them out of the crushing consequences of what they just dealt with in the finale of crisis <laughs> for all yeah. i know yeah okay they could just like uh, uh, my weird secret uh hope is that crisis just uh sorry that's gonna be just, in my head the rest of the episode yeah yeah i know me too it's you too been there for days yeah <laughs> it's a good song uh, it is, uh, <laughs> but I thank you because what was in my head before, because you brought up David Bowie and said name somebody, name anybody or whatever, and I said Bing Crosby, was that uh, you know, uh, pa pum pum with David Bowie and Bing Crosby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Peace fuck on all us. that! <laughs> <laughs> fuck all that. I'm I'm actually I'm happy with this now. Uh, yeah, much better. Yes. Um. <laughs> anyway, so I'm hoping that some, by by hook or by crook, the crisis just winds up wiping out the last episode of of Legends, and uh, Zari's brother's not there. She's just there again. I Could just be. I just don't want to lose her. I'm like nah. I don't, and I know we're going to get her back, but I don't want to waste time seeing how that happens. I just want her back. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I just want him to shrug and go, crisis. Every show could do it. To just put something back the way you want it to be and not have yeah. to excuse yourself. This is it. Yeah. And if there was ever a show that could do it, Legends is the one mm-hmm. where they could literally just look at the camera now with a film crew on board the Wave Rider and just go, eh, crisis. Yeah. It it's still one of my favorite things they ever did on Legends is uh, using like this meta shorthand kind of like that the uh, the episode where she's stuck in a time loop uh-huh. and after a while like after talking to Nate she just she goes to like Nate and Ray afterward and just says like Groundhog Day follow me mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of understand like oh we're stuck in a time loop gotcha shorthand done 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, deprived of Zari, man. Uh, I already have to exist in a world where Ray and, uh, Nora are both going to be gone from legends. They are. I'd like to see, I'd like to see her back. Yeah. You know, like continuing capacity. Sure. And Nora's my boo. I got, them hard, I got them hard feelings for her, man. She grew on me. She cute. She is cute. She my boo. <laughs> you know the funny part, though? It's like, I didn't really care about her until that finale uh-huh. where Ray hands her the stone. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no, I just, no, ever since she showed up with uh, with Damien in Legends, and she was full grown. Yeah. I was, it, she was growing on me there, but it was that scene where, because uh, that was like the beginning of her redemption arc. Like someone finally trusted her to make a, a the right decision for okay. the right reasons. Let let me be clearer. And I, I saw it in her acting right then that I was like, oh yeah, no, she totally gets the scene, and it yeah. it, hit me. it hit me in a certain way. I liked. It. I, I'll be clearer. Uh, I, I agree with your assessment for her character and her mm-hmm. acting abilities. Um, but when she first showed up, I was like, damn. <laughs> Different conversation you were having. To put a to put a finer point on it, I looked at my wife and went, "Girl, doom, 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 doom. you'll be a woman soon." It's so fucking creepy in that context. <laughs> it is. Oh. I saw someone someone on Twitter bring up like some if girl I told you that Twitter. was like Harvey Weinstein's favorite song. <laughs> oh, no, don't do it. You know, I but someone on Twitter uh, brought up that song and said, you know, girl, you'll be a woman soon. Cool, so you can wait, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're not we're not worried about the soon part, right? Okay. Yeah, if you listen to the song, you know, it just seems like it's another. It's a young man, you know, who doesn't have the approval of the girl's parents. And he's just saying, soon you'll be a woman. And he goes, you'll need a man. Which means that, you know, she can leave her stupid parents behind. Because, you know, he's not your kind. And uh, (laughs) traverse the earth with him. That's nice. I I don't think it's like a literal old man running around going like, girl. It's it on my dick. Think about him running around in spandex. Yeah. With with like a full fake crotch bulge is what I'm imagining, right? Like a like a sculpted version that he puts inside to, to like shaped, you know, with uh-huh. the little head shape and everything. Uh huh. I'm imagining somebody running around with uh, kind of like naked cowboy in Times Square style, right? Super aggressive. Yeah. You'll be yeah. Open. I don't I don't think he's like you know uh, alternate 1985 Biff Tannen hanging out at the playground or anything. Yeah, but it it in my mind it has echoes of the McConaughey like you know what I like about high school girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. creepy AF. I know, I know. It it doesn't that song doesn't. I like the song and it doesn't creep me out nearly as much as Brown Eyed Girl though. Oh, I've never looked at the lyrics. Look at the lyrics for Brown Eyed Girl. <sighs> well, now I have to. Oh my dear God, that is some creepy shit. I kind of believe you because there's anomalies like that that happen. Like it was only a couple of years ago, we all realized that uh, maybe it's cold outside is really fucking rapey. Um, yeah, except you know that the like family members of of the people who wrote it were like, this, it is not. Oh, just- I I don't even think their intent was that. Yeah, I just and and that's why 
I, I don't know. I think that's maybe why no one noticed for a second. But when you listen to it now, it's hard not to see. Yeah. With, uh, well, it's part a of very it is, aggressive song. Part of it is that you have like woke Twitter at your back. Like, oh, it, no. no. I don't at every woke moment. Twitter for anything. This is, <laughs> I, I spent time. This was, I, I spent a, a few hours last year looking at it and trying to justify it. I was like, I just can't. I just can't. This All makes right, no well, sense. I spent too much time on Twitter. So now, like, I have, like, what I what I believe is woke Twitter, like I just always see everything now. Like I see it through their eyes, and I'm like, oh shit, everything I like is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I do that. I'm sure I do from time and, to time. You know, uh, as 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 I've stated, I'm not woke. I'm groggy. I'm trying. I know. I know. I know. I'm trying, I, but I, I I don't know. I, I always think I'm, I'm a certain way, and I'm a human, so I'm sure I'm I'm not always that way. But right. I always think that I'm I'm like okay let me let me look at this you know logically objectively blah 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 and uh, maybe I can even make sense of my subjective interpretation and make that fold into blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I try but maybe it's called it I was one of those where I was like some once someone pointed it out I looked at it, I was like oh no I've got nothing this is bad yeah <laughs> this is this is this is not good <laughs> well if anyone wants to holler at me I just. I'm trying, man. I have to look you know, at Brown Eyed Girl now. Now that you mentioned it, because I don't I'm, think I'm things curious. are funny anymore. <laughs> oh, there's there's plenty. There's plenty that's still funny. It's not a matter of like, oh my god, we can't joke anymore. It's I'm just... terrified. I'm terrified that everything that I think is funny is somehow secretly not. No, you just have to. You. you... I'm things just kidding. Are changing. Things I'm just are more kidding. or less acceptable than they used to be. I. And... If anything, I think the horrible things are even funnier now. <laughs> In certain capacities, they definitely are. Depends on what um, you're talking about, though. Yeah, it does. It does depend on what you're talking. But about. it all depends on just having a sense of humor. It's it's my favorite thing. Is why it's called a sense of humor. Yeah, you don't have well, a law of humor. A, I've got an objective terrible... case of humor. Of humor. It's a sense in the sense that you have five to six to seven of them if you include humor. Uh, I I have a really bad, terrible, dark sense of humor. I, I yeah I, yeah I I do too. We've joked about things yeah. that should not. Should not be said again. That's right. I get it. And I'm, I have an ache to say them. But yeah, I'll like, be, I'll be like okay at least if, if five uh, things came to mind when you said that. And five like, things? Uh, at least. Like, I don't have a good memory. I have a terrible memory for conversations like that. Like, once you tell me about what we were talking about, I, I'm, I'm either going to pick up on it immediately or be like, I don't know. I was, was I even there? I trust you. I assume I was there. <laughs> My memory works two ways. Either uh-huh. you remind me of it, and I uh-huh. immediately remember every fucking word verbatim. Or yeah. I don't even know, understand what was happening, and I mm-hmm. hope, cross my fingers, that what you tell me I said, I agree with afterward. Well, what works, generally... Normally I do, so I'm pretty happy with it. Well, you know, for things like that, like I, I remember my funny lines, but I don't remember yours, because so, I'm a narcissist. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a human? <laughs> All right. Remember, I said Who that bit. You're like, oh, yeah. the reward and dopamine mechanisms in your brain, like any other fucking human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, hey, remember that funny line I said? You're like, yeah. I'm like, I don't remember what you said, other than ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had a good follow up. Cool. <laughs> yep. Sometimes I've tried to remember. And sometimes you've just been like, yeah. I mean, you you followed it up well. I'm like, great. Glad that worked out. I'm mostly kidding. I remember our conversations better than that, but it is, uh, I like the idea at least that I, the, my remembrance of our conversations is me saying a funny thing, you laughing and going, duh, and that's it. <laughs> 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 
Which is way not the. It's mostly like, and I think the podcast. Will like back in us your up. memory, you say something extremely clever that deserves yeah. to have like a sniffer of cognac and a, a, oh a, no. a lit pipe involved. Oh no, no. And no. I just stare at you and go, <laughs> pancakes. <laughs> oh, now that will be in my head. <laughs> no, I no. It's nothing so sophisticated. I just <laughs> modified a Neil Diamond song to say, "Girl, come sit on my dick." There's right, nothing right. sophisticated about my humor. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. It's a spectrum. We all get on every side of it. Uh, so guess what dropped tonight as we're recording? Uh, no idea. What? The new CW uh, Deathstroke animated series, Knights and Dragons. <sighs> okay. Hold on. When you say CW animated series. CW seed. There you go. It is Blue Ribbon. Okay. But I'll tell you this. I have no intention to watch it until the Blu-ray's out because undoubtedly they will release a longer version that has probably 15 to 20 minutes included. Um, but the this thing is like R-rated, man. Like the, the clip I saw oh, a few months ago looked well done. It looked badass. Just putting that out there. I'm on board with the idea. I think there's a lot of potential in the CWC Blue Ribbon content we've seen. Uh-huh. I will not be able to give a damn until we get past this whole idea of putting out six five-minute episodes. Uh-huh. Until that is the, uh, if that is still the format, sorry, I, I'll, I'll wait. If at some point they decide to take things seriously and air real content that lasts a damn second. Mm-hmm. If, like, if a third of your content is credits, <laughs> don't release a fucking trailer. Uh-huh. Go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. Well, look, that's not look, that's look, not look, real. Look, look, here's the thing. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm calming if, down. Listen. If it yeah, if it winds up being a uh, like a released movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of a stupid web series, if this is just like its own their own way of doing like a little trailer for it, like a six part trailer for it or mm-hmm. whatever it is. All right. I'm annoyed by it, and I'm not gonna watch it until it becomes a Blu-ray, and I can watch the full thing with all the footage in there you can give me old school animation style a 65 minute movie uh uh-huh with a good story decent animation and uh using god forbid using some of the characters and voices if you can do them from the same universe that you purport to be from Mm -hmm. if as we've seen recently you divorce yourself from the continuity uh-huh. Somewhat from the voices, uh-huh. and release things as though it's supposed to be a final product in the uh, format that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Even if you release a thing later on Blu-ray and DVD format or whatever you want to do, I am just not going to have any fucks for you. Fair enough. I feel a little bit betrayed by the entire format. I do too. Don't appreciate what you're giving me as far as the content is like. It's not bad by itself. Like Constantine's really a lot of what I'm talking about. I. The content itself was not bad. Right. How you housed it? Bad. Really bad. Uh-huh. I need to know you've changed the formula because for God's sake, man, I'm just not I'm just not on board yet. Makes sense. Uh so I'm on board for it eventually as a as a little movie or whatever. Uh mm-hmm. Michael Chiklis is playing Deathstroke here. Of course. Um so that's interesting. Uh it's already another turn from normal stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. But we're I, also it, uh, sidebar mm-hmm. like if cw seed wants to pick up their own animated universe great mm-hmm. but 
originally they build this as like a tiny little like, hey, here's a little snippet of sidebar of stuff. And then you betrayed me. Well, yeah. Now they've started like making it. Well, it's still a sidebar. Now they've made it like a sidebar, a sidebar, sidebar of the uh, of the DC Universe movies, which is kind of cool, too. Like Constantine City of Demons took place in the universe of Justice League Dark. Yeah, um, I can work with that. And just like with this or with that, J.M. DeMattius wrote this one. So uh, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'll watch it at some point. Um, they, I mean, we got Rose. We got Jericho. Uh, you know, we got Wintergreen up in this bitch. Lady Shiva's in this thing. So, I mean, they, you know, a lot of cool people, a lot of cool characters. Uh, I don't oh, know. It's going to be martial arts spectacular. You know, but I mean, like I said, the clip that I saw was just like Deathstroke coming in and like just straight up going to town, murdering some guns. Yeah, like yeah. just blood and just oh my god, I like it. As that, I like it. But uh, just it's that that format was unworkable. Yeah. I I really did. I tried to hang in there as long as I could and be hopeful, and I ran out. I'm sorry, I ran out of. I understand. I put my pom poms on the ground and I walked away. Oh, I still have like an internal visceral reaction like uh when i see blue ribbon content I'm like, mm-hmm. like i vomit a little bit like sometimes like a bean will come up in my mouth and i'm like i haven't had a bean in two years <laughs> this black-eyed pea finally dislodged yeah from no it's finally cooked oh takes fucking forever <laughs> i was gonna say it dislodged from my colon or something mm-hmm. no just hanging out there trying to do right. its work mm-hmm it was on like low simmer for two years and finally got to cogitable <laughs> mm-hmm. cookiness. And then just, uh, and then you watch that and that happens. So, Bean, you'll be digested soon. God damn you. I, <laughs> I really, it's my problems with that, with that part of that brand have, have come and gone in different it's been different reasons like when the first time i saw it it was actually a pretty good little adjunct using a lot of similar characters it was vixen i think um using yes. a lot of similar characters it it tied into the story worst worst case i thought the animation was a like, like the pacing was a bit stilted for me but it wasn't it wasn't the end of the world it added to the story it was part of the universe and i could deal with it mm-hmm. and then they transitioned from having some problems i think in the like the direction of how it was how it actually came out to getting better at that while abandoning what it was supposed to be connected to and then just being like oh no we're connected over here now yeah and in that sense it gets better i don't mind just hey we're connected over here now i can you know i i can uh, grab two thumbtacks and cut a piece of yarn in my mind and put that together and i i can make it work right i've i've got a giant Far more convoluted billboard in my mind. This is not even... You're not even testing my capabilities well, with this. The the problem... Uh, look. Execution-wise, it's always been a little bit short for me. Yes, I agree. Animation-wise... For different reasons. It, it always fell short for me with Vixen. And then it was markedly bad with the Ray and the Freedom Fighters. Which was uh, disappointing because I which really was wanted to like that. I did too. And... I'll be honest, I never even saw the rest of it. Like, they put out, like, a six-part thing, and then, like, it was supposed to, like, continue later. And then we didn't, there was, like, no marketing for it. And then all of a sudden, like, it's showing up on shelves at at the store, like, oh, here's the full thing. And I think they just went, we're not airing any more of this. No one cares because it was bad. It It still shows up on my TV time you haven't watched for a while, Q. 
Yeah, I couldn't tell. And it's like a mark of shame for me. Where like every time I scroll, I scroll by it, and I'm already in my I haven't watched for uh-huh. a while. It's already a shame pile. <laughs> and then I I go through that. and I'm like, I mean, I know it wouldn't take me long, but I just I don't I just don't care. I'm sorry. And I keep and scrolling. I, yeah, when I those little those few episodes that I saw, I couldn't tell which character was which. They looked bad. They the pacing was terrible. I don't whatever. I know, but I hate then, it because I, f- I really loved the Ray on the actual live CW mm-hmm. spots. I had him. And then when you had Constantine City of Demons, we have confirmation that Constantine is going to be on Arrow. Then all of a sudden we get this news that City of Demons is coming out and Matt Ryan's coming back. And you're like, well, this has all so far been tied to the CW. So you're thinking, oh, well, this is going to be a continuation of the Constantine series. Mm-hmm. And you, you hear, you look at the synopsis. Oh, Chaz is going to be back. Okay, cool. You were going to do the thing. And then we're not going to do the thing. No, they did an entirely different thing. And then so, later they told me, oh, it was actually connected to something else. Yeah, they don't tell me that it is that thing that is connected to Justice League Dark until after I've already seen that I'm sitting there trying to figure out why Chaz is British now and why the, <laughs> yeah. the show is not right. And, you know, Astra's a little white girl now instead. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> I, yeah. W- where are you connected? What are you? What are you? I know. I know. Uh, it's, so it's, they just, they've done a very poor job of telling me what to expect and where this all falls. You know, uh, I don't think Diane Nelson terms, was I'll say right. It's been a right fucking mess. Right. And when Diane Nelson used to talk about, oh, what a brand confusion. Uh, yeah, I understand. I think she was wrong. But this is where she was right. No, I You've get- got to be completely transparent when you're marketing a thing. Like, by the way, this is in the Justice League Dark Universe. Yeah. Sing it from the mountaintop. Go tell it on the mountain. Tell your congregation of DC fans, hey, this shit ain't connected to the NBC f- series. It's not part of the Arrowverse. It's Matt Ryan coming back, but it's going to be part of Justice League Dark. That's all we needed. That's all I, I wanted. I can deal with that. I didn't get it. I wasn't precursored. I was annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there are ways to handle things. And again, execution has been my major problem with that little label. Yeah, I'd like to execute everyone at Blue Ribbon. <laughs> no, there are things to salvage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, just the marketing team. Yeah. How it's been housed, how it's been sold to me that, yeah. I mean, yeah. Marketing may be part of it. And well, I, go in there, I, I Alec Baldwin that, style. It seems like Coffee's some of the marketing has been in retrospect. So maybe some of the marketing is trying to save, trying to make sense out of something that didn't make sense anyway. I don't know. I mean, ostensibly, they're what they're doing is they're creating direct-to-video movies and trying to chop them up and throw them up on the web. I still, it doesn't matter how much, if if everything we were just talking about was off the table, the chopping it up still makes no fucking sense. It's weird, man. It's weird. Six five-minute episodes makes no goddamn sense no matter how you, how you view it. I mean, you get more ads that way. The fuck you do. <laughs> I say that because CWC prided itself for a long time on not having any ads. Oh, yeah, you're right. They were one of the last holdouts to not have ads. I haven't watched it in a minute, but I think they may still not have any ads. You know, you go to watch, God forbid you fall asleep watching a CW show. And I, by the way, I do respect them for that. Yeah, sure. But, you know, if you go to sleep watching Black Lightning, for instance, mm-hmm. and I bring Black Lightning up specifically. You're going to wake up watching Death, Jane the Virgin? No, you're going to wake up watching the freaking tomorrow people on CWC. <laughs> 
CW Seed is like CW and CW Seed are determined, determined to shove the tomorrow people cock down my throat. Like they it's, want me to see them this, stupid this show. season. I <sighs> was referencing like three years before that, where it's been Jane the Virgin. I would love for it to be Jane the Virgin. I oh, never want to I see that dude so from Lost again. Of that. I got so I'm... tired of that fucking music and the same goddamn ad, literally <laughs> twice an ad break. I got, I got bored. Of it. It, at least for me, at least uh, with the Tomorrow People, and this is just me. At least for that, I watched every episode of the Tomorrow People because I was slightly interested. Uh huh. And as I've seen the trailers, I've been like, oh yeah, I do remember when that happened. I'm not even talking about the trailers, man. I'm talking about like any oh, show I... I watch. You think that it would advance to another episode of Black Lightning or Supergirl or whatever the hell I've fallen asleep to? Oh, no, no. Yeah, you're but right. No. At the end of it, they're going to show is... you Tomorrow People episode one. Yeah. I have seen that pilot for Tomorrow People like 25 times. Because every time. Yeah. Accidentally. Like I just hear it and I'm like, oh God. Or like my wife falls asleep to it and I'm like, I hear it. And yeah. Like, in the other room, and I'm like, is that, is that Robbie Amell again? <laughs> I did like a storm in there, and sure enough, he's like sitting there watching the video is of his dad Lincoln being like, from, I'm special, dude. From Chilled again. <laughs> is that Golden Glider again? <laughs> Maybe it was just a bunch of people that later yeah. or at the time. I don't know. I, I actually enjoyed that show. For what it was worth at the time, I was I was pretty into it, and, then, and I was like, eh, I, I get it. I get why I'm the minority here. I do not want to see any more of CW's The X Men. I don't. <laughs> it was it was a special spot. I had more time then. It was seven or eight Clearly. years ago. I want to say it. I I had more time to just watch frivolous shit at the time. It wasn't like I was trying to catch up with legitimately good shit, Marvel and DC and fucking whatever else universe you want to. If it's if it has superpowers, I'm trying to watch it, I promise you. And uh-huh. it at the time, there was a bit of starvation. and Like, I had time in my week to go watch something like Tomorrow People happily. I, I wouldn't even know where to fit it in now. No yep. idea. I can't keep up with the stuff that's just DC, much less watch everything that's Marvel. I would rather watch rewatch still do. good things that good things that I enjoy than watch the Tomorrow People. It really wasn't bad. It didn't have an ending, but it really was not a bad premise and not a bad show. I've seen enough of it to just be like, uh, uh-uh. well, yeah. If I, if I watched the pilot twenty five times as well, I haven't seen Hell, it all the way through. Woke up once. to the pilot twenty five times as well, which is kind of <laughs> funny because the, the, in the pilot he wakes up in like separate places. Like he, oh, I know. He teleports in his sleep. I know. Because <laughs> he doesn't understand his powers. So it's it's kind of funny in a way. Yeah. Eh, not really. Eh, no, not digging it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I have to like keep waking up seeing Golden Glider not act. Like just <laughs> emote. Emote, damn it. No, she was. I promise. If you get to the end of even the like 13 episodes that were available that she, she she's good. She's actually a lot better than you would think in the pilot. All right. I mean, I liked her on Gotham. Liked her on The Flash. I I would say if you liked her on The Flash, you haven't. She does better on Tomorrow People than she does The Flash to me. Peyton List, that's her name. Is yeah, it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, that sounds right at least. And uh, I had to dust off I a couple of neurons. Ninety nine percent. I would ninety nine some change percent bet money on it. Yeah. All right. Well, look, that's all I got. She has range, though. I'm glad she's got range. I'm, it's really good for her. Like I remember mentioning it's when good she for was me cast too, as Golden Glider. Up I was like, no, I've stuff. seen her before. On Tomorrow People, she's good. And then I saw her on, as Golden Glider. I was like, yeah, yeah. 
They didn't use her. Really? <laughs> they didn't give her a lot. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, how do you use somebody when they're acting next to freaking snart? Wentworth Miller's going to outact you. He's got to chew that scenery faster than you can think. Yeah, I agree. Put two in the back of her head and call it a day. <laughs> he said it one time. I know. This is like his tagline for me it's now. It's been like four years and you cannot get it out of your head. That's how much you loved that line and his I delivery. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I have no shame. That is my favorite line. <laughs> From Maybe probably the, the entire, entire Arrowverse. Possibly yeah. the entire CW-verse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we put two in the back of her head and call it a day. <laughs> it was a well-delivered line. I'm not arguing with you. I think I peed a little bit when he said that shit. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. All right. Yeah, what, what do you think, man? You got any more? No, 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 I'm good. Okay, well, uh, thank you for listening. I love you. Wonderful squirrel chasers. Ooh, uh, quick nomination. Uh-huh. ADD on screeners. Thank you, uh, all, all of you squirrel chasers <laughs> out there. Um, <laughs> um, That's exactly what I was hoping for, reaction. Yeah, I know. I know what you like. Yeah. I know what you like, Daddy. Oh, that ruined it somehow. I know. I knew it would, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was all fun and games up till that. Oh, it always is. It always is. Yeah. It's always fun and games until somebody calls you daddy. <laughs> and then and then you have to either get mad or, or take severe responsibility for some actions you didn't understand happened years ago. Uh-huh. It's just, uh, it's going to change your mood. Mm-hmm. God, I'm... I'm I told you before I had this robe that I bought. Okay. I put it on because I I, I I turned the ventilation off in the house. I turned the AC on, on in the house off when I record. Uh-huh. And uh, got down to like 63 degrees, so I threw my bathrobe on. Uh-huh. The bathrobe that I inadvertently bought that, uh, well, I, I mean, I bought it very advertently. But uh, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dark blue robe uh-huh. that has a hoodie on it. And uh, it goes all the way down to my ankles. And uh, I, I mostly bought it because it would be warm to go outside in the morning to turn my car on to prepare myself to get into a defrosted car. Uh-huh. And uh, I just reached out to grab like my pen to mark down the, the outro time here. And the, the cuff really swayed as I did it. Oh. And uh, it, it just it made me laugh a little bit because, as my wife pointed out, I'm walking around in a cult robe. Uh huh. In my house, I'm just a one man cult. Makes me kind of. I I regret nothing. And then way. when you call me, we're a two man cult called DC on screen. Yeah, yeah. We promise we won't make you drink lemonade or Kool Aid or Flavor any kind aid. of aid. Was the actual aid? How oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Knock off. Funny part is the Flavor Aid people didn't want to take <laughs> ownership, and the Kool Aid people were like, "Just let it die." <laughs> if we try to blame them, it'll be worse. Yeah, you know, there's something funny. About the notion that this guy decided to buy, to save a few dollars. Because <laughs> you would think, like, if, if what you were planning was going to, I mean, right? You're thinking go out on a bang. Why not go, why not go for the Kool-Aid? Why not spend the extra 30 cents? What are well, we, what are, what are we being thrifty for? If you've spent the last couple of years being a um, 
pocket communist society, which, in all fairness, seemed to have actually worked for the the constituents. Uh-huh. Like, if if you weren't wanting for more, you didn't actually want for what you didn't have. So that's something. Uh, but it would he was still getting all the upkicks. Like it, like you could be somebody who donated your entire life savings as a banker and and joined that cult, and then still be told, "Oh, I need you to go get an outside job." And you'd go work 12 hours a day at an outside job and give him, uh, I think it was like 80% of your paycheck or some shit. And then still have chores back at the farm to do. Right. Um, I'm just not sure old Jimmy had more money than Flavor Aid would have uh, afforded him. I'm just saying, man. Get you a credit card. Go out on a limb. Get you some Sunny D. Like, also, they were overseas. And I can't remember where. Uh, it, was, it was south of our border, at least. In one of the countries, one of the island countries, I can't remember where. Mm. So I wonder what he had access to. We're still talking about a guy whose background escape plan was a helicopter. <sighs> we are DC on screen. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com. Thank you for supporting like a the lovely show. Lovely way to leave it. Yeah. Love you all, zany little squirrel chasers. I'm just not Un- going to sell you on the ADD DC on screeners, huh? Until next time, okay. squirrel chasers. I'll just, re- I'll just retire that. Hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> Can we hear the clicking of the pin? Hold on. <laughs> no, you're not cutting that out. That's too good. It's me marking through my idea. Uh-huh. These are the tears. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's good to cry. It's a good cleansing process. I can live with it. Carry on. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. 
Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC.